Greetings, Spice fans. Silk City Hot Sauce is now sponsoring the Dorkening Podcast Network. Our craft sauces are made in Vermont in small, high-quality batches using locally sourced, farm-grown ingredients. Silk City Hot Sauce comes in a variety of heat strengths and killer flavors like Jezebel, Erotic Fever, Mango Madness, and Good Morning Jonestown. And don't forget our newest creation, Hot Syrup. Make no mistake, Spice fans, this is the queen of sweet heat. There's new and unique flavors coming out all the time. Best of all, right now, listeners of the Dorkening Podcast Network can go to SilkCityHotSauce.com and use coupon code DORK. Not only will you get 20% off your order, we'll also throw in a free bottle of hot sauce. That's SilkCityHotSauce.com. Coupon code DORK. And welcome once again to the Season 4 opening episode of the Retro Redoctopus Cephala Podcast. The only Retro. show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and Inebriart Podcast Networks. Blah, 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 blah. And as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee and newly our newest sponsor, Silk City Hot Sauce. Yeah. Uh, which you may have just heard a promo for. Pretty yep. dope. Pretty it's dope. possible. It's possible. Never know. Never know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, pretty pretty jazzed about that. We love hot sauce. We love food. And we love fucking sponsors. So that's fun. Yeah, pretty that. pretty freaking cool. Silk City Hot Sauce is going to be sponsoring us. Uh, the entire Dorkney Network for the month of January 2022. Pretty freaking cool. So you're going to hear us talk about them a little bit, but uh, for the next few episodes. But yeah, we are we are fans. We are fans yeah, of the sauce. They are super super good. Um, love love. Uh, I'm I'm having a. They have some funny names too. I, I'm uh, going through one called Badass Jew, <laughs> and uh, they can name the sauce that um, because uh, owner and CEO Jeff Levine is Jewish, as he's uh, he. He assured He's me. Qualified. He assured He's qualified. me. Delicious stuff. Also, mango madness. Oh man, to to die for. Super to good. die for. Super yeah, I know they, when they were at the uh, the the pinball. Yes. Uh, expo that, that we went to. Yes, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. It was a ton of fun. Yes. yes. And uh, I, t- Tim, and I were like literally like sampling like everything that they had. Like, oh yes. I, we basically were just like, <laughs> give me a, a spoonful of all of your shit. Yeah, uh, let me yeah. let me eat it all. And right, I'll buy. Just I'll maybe it, buy some. Just, I, just I did get buy it some. all into my veins. It's pumping Ugh, into my veins. Just right. burn it. Ugh. I want to feel my God. veins burn. So if you guys are into hot sauces, like seriously, check them uh, out. Check them out. SilkCityHotSauce.com. We love these guys. Uh, yeah. So I am your host, Eight Bit Alchemy, uh, and with me, as always, are the two fucking guys you already know. But let's do it anyway. Nintendo. Oh, hi. Happy New Year, everyone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Parasite Steve. You know, ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball from Soho down to Brighton. I, I must have played them all, but I ain't seen nothing like him in any amusement hall. 
That duff, deaf, dumb, dumb, and blind Tim sure plays a mean pinball. Wham, That's... jam, chicka, wham, chicka, wham, chicka, wham, chicka, wham. <laughs> that, that deaf, dumb, and blind Tim. Pinball whiz has got to be a twist. The pinball whiz has got such a supple wrist. Such a supple wrist. Oh, it's so supple. I dedicate that to uh to you, 8-Bit. I don't know if you oh. caught at the end there. I, I made you uh the star of the show. I heard that. I heard yeah. that. Deaf Dumb and Blind was, Tim. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was subtle. I am the star. I am the star of my own rock mm-hmm. opera named Timmy, not Tommy. Rock opera. Uh, yeah. <laughs> rock opera. That's right. So uh so if that if that wasn't a hint enough, and if we didn't already bury the lead enough with everything that we've done here. We are going to be talking today about the fucking magic of chrome balls shooting around a play field. We're talking pinball. That's oh, right. Let's yes. fucking go. We, uh, Let's we do it. Had me, you had me at balls. Uh, don't they always, Joe? They always yes. have you at the balls. Always. always. Right he, the you balls. had him by the balls with balls. At yes. balls. Yes. <clears throat> It was all balls all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. We've so been, we hinted we've been at waiting. this at the end of our season three yes. uh, finale. We we hinted about that, which was only a few weeks ago, but we don't know when you guys listen to this shit. <laughs> so true. whatever. Um, so we we hinted at this, the near future that is now. And uh, and so we are excited as fuck to talk about pinball machines. Uh, this episode is really going to be just a, a lot of us gushing about how much fun we have right. had or, or <laughs> you know currently have had uh playing pinball and you know we're each going to talk about a couple of different machines um we're probably going to be shooting to do like two before the break two after uh and then we'll we'll have our kind of octoponder in the middle where we're not even really pondering this one's just like hey guys you know tell us tell us some of your favorite pinball machines so uh I think all of us have a variety of machines that we're happy to talk about. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to do like a round table, easy peasy, you know, no research, no, you know, the life and times of pinball. And right, the right. History of Chrome and like all this other shit. But no, there was I, research. I we did. We, we should did, say, like, sure. And if you've been following, we're not going to just talk out of our ass. Right. If you've been following our Facebook group, we talked about this over the summer. We talked about this again in November when we when we got to go to Pintastic. And it was a topic that, you know, a lot of people really got into talking about and that they were like, yeah, pinball, pinball is freaking awesome. So mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, every pinball machine we're going to highlight tonight, we've recently played. So yes. it's not like a distant memory. Like we went out, we went to Pintastic which was an amazing expo. It's coming back around again, I guess, this yep, summer. June 22nd. In a, oh, you can I, already buy your limited I am absolutely I heard in April. Gone. Are they, is it? I thought it was June, actually. In April? It's I thought June. it was maybe June. It's, maybe it's June. Uh, but yeah. honestly, like, uh, amazing. Just to do a quick ad for that expo, it's totally yeah. worth your money. It's totally worth your time. You just play a fat, play a flat fee of, like, I think it was 20 bucks to get in or something. Not even, that, uh, yeah. it wasn't that fat. It, it was, was like, like 20, 25. 25. Yeah, it was and like 25 at the door, like yeah. 200 games, like you just all on free play mode. Unlimited like pinball yeah, for that whole fucking day. Amazing. And they were open yeah. late. They were open later than we stayed. Like, we yeah. were there from 10 in the morning until, like, I don't know, I think 11 at night or something. Yeah, and, I, night. Yeah, and they were like, still it, open until, like, 2 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I think they, they had a band play there, too. It was a Guns N' Roses uh, tribute yeah. band or something yep. and, that uh, we didn't and, see, but 
and you're able to get passes, you know, like a lot of cons, you can do it for, it runs for four days. It's like a Thursday through Sunday situation. You can get passes for all four. You can just do one day. There's some like two day combos and there's even um, like a special pass that you're able to buy now that also allows you access to like a premium lounge area, which mm -hmm. I tried to get a peek into this year or sorry, last, last year, whatever, whenever we went uh, a few months ago. And they would not let me in. They would not even let me look. And there was definitely like probably 20 or 30 pinball machines just in that lounge as well that, you know, could have been people's really prized collections. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. It seems like a very cool space to be able to go to. And, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't kind of interesting. A little, little, little jealous. <laughs> Want to get in there. But uh, yeah, it was a fucking awesome, amazing absolutely time. awesome time. Yeah. And, and also uh, refreshing too, because we're always like, like arcades. Yes. Never pinballs. Right. Never pinballs. And that's I never a thought good point. And, and I never thought in a million years that I would have that much fun playing pinball. Agreed. It I could know. be because of the balls. I don't know. But <laughs> I think I, I mean, think having balls. it on free play is really just what does it for me. It takes yeah. away the like I have to keep in keep putting in a quarter. Cause like in an arcade game, I feel like I'm making progress if I keep putting in quarters. But with a pinball, yeah, it's just the yeah. experience of the game. It's it's the same every time. It's just how much how many points did you get like much, that's it right or how right how much better have you gotten um, as you're right. going so it's it's a yeah. skill thing and it's just a little bit different but there isn't that like same sense of progress for me personally so i always just kind of was like yeah pinballs are cool but i'd rather play arcades but honestly oh my god yeah just what you said i mean just yeah. just such a, a rediscovery of an art form that i always liked but sort of ignored and now i feel like oh my god I love it so much. So yeah, between yeah. between Pintastic, which there were 200 plus games there, uh, and then 8-Bit and I got to go to a uh, barcade in Worcester, Massachusetts called Free Play. Yep. And uh, they had about a dozen or so pinball machines. Yeah. Yeah, that was, were also no fun. Slouch. And that's a similar idea where you pay, you know, 20 bucks at the door uh, mm -hmm. and you are able to have access to all of the games in their facility on free play go nuts mm -hmm. uh, obviously they make most of their money on drinks and food and stuff like that but mm -hmm. if you're just interested to go out and like goof around at an arcade mm -hmm. like, free play is the best damn thing and they yeah. have a location in providence rhode island as well which has more games um but it's obviously you know depending on where you live and whatnot but it was a right. great time both yeah both both free plays are are very fun uh yep. worcester is definitely closer to us like but yeah it's yeah. about about half the size or I even like, maybe a, maybe a third of the size even the one in providence is pretty big but yeah. it was it was both are fun but anyway yeah we have played all these recently so let's uh let's see if we can get through this uh as quick as we can and uh see what happens so 8-bit why don't you steer this ship all right, all right. Uh, so yeah, I think this uh, this works out the best uh, in my mind. If we just do, you know, roundtable, each of us will do one pinball machine. We'll do two, two each, two goes around. Right now, go to the break, and then we'll do two more goes around. We'll all right, sounds good. Machines all right. total. Um, so yeah, fuck it. I'll uh, I'll I'll kick this thing off uh, with a bang uh, with a game that I was able to play for the first time at Pintastic. This is a game called Embryon. Um, it's made by Bally. It was first manufactured in June of 1981, and it had a life cycle production of 
2,250 units, which is not a shit ton. Um, it's not nothing, but it's not a ton. Uh, so this game really caught my eye when I was at the arcade playing it. Um, it had just this very striking art style. It looked like you know, the movie Aliens, you have all these different, like, embryos growing in these machines, and it's just very sci-fi and, like, horror, but the colors and everything that they used were so vibrant. It's, like, these deep blues and these greens and reds, and just, the game is very eye-catching, uh, and and mm. the game itself is extra noteworthy because it is a, a wide-body pinball machine, which apparently a lot of pinball aficionados do not enjoy. Um, I guess of uh, what's the word uh, a shortcoming of a lot of wide body machines is that they're boring or they're floaty there's too much space there's not enough to do it just kind of feels like a gimmick um yeah this hercules was really... comes to mind hercules is like the <laughs> widest body the widest, the widest <laughs> where you're playing wide. with a, oh a fucking ski ball as your pinball you know i mean that that yeah. game is that game is wider than adam driver without his shirt on God, I was uncomfortable at Adam Driver. You don't want to see me with Hercules. That's Nobody a lot does. of width. That's Nobody a lot does. of buttery width. So the special buttery. wide body, wide body machines are not a favorite of everybody, but it was really exciting for me because this was a this was a first that I had really acknowledged. Um, but also furthermore, um, Embryon ha has an exceptionally wide play field. Um, most pinball machines are 20.25 inches wide uh the embryon pinball machine is 28.5 inches wide so that's over eight inches wider which is pretty fucking big and that is also much larger than other wide body machines as well uh Wow, damn. To go into a little bit of info, uh, the game was designed by Claude Fernandez, and all of the artwork was done by Tony Ramuni. Um, the game is, I think what I had so much fun with, other than the, the art style and the, th the themes of everything just being so creepy and cool, uh, the game has a lot of different targets that you're shooting for, and it has a mechanic that I wasn't familiar with called Captive Balls, which Joe must love. Loves yes. Um, Loves them. Yeah. Of those captive balls. Uh, so what that means is that there is a small chamber uh, located in different sparts, uh, different sparts, different <laughs> spots on the play field where there is a separate pinball hiding in it. And if you hit the trigger with your pinball, it will launch the captive ball that's in that little chamber up to hit some other mechanism or something that's in there. So it kind of it really just acts as like a fancier, you know, bumper or regular target, but it, it looks extra cool. And it's really yeah. fun when you hit it just right. And it causes the, the extra balls, the captive balls to like, you know, jump up and hit whatever and go back. And it just, it adds this like different kind of momentum to it. And it's, it's fun. It I, was, I it was that. really yeah. cool. I had never I, seen that before. I, I hadn't seen that before, and the 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 main you know feature gimmick of this table is there's a big uh, embryo in the center that has like a, a basically look at think of it like uh, two parentheses right so there's there's a left and a right side of it to make like an egg shape and you gotta hit the trigger in the middle with the pinball and what it does is if you if it's when when you hit it it should send both of those captive balls up the embryo and back down. And if it does that successfully, it'll highlight a letter uh, in the word embryon. And, you, and you're trying to 
trigger that enough times to spell the full word. And I, I read that, I guess it triggers multi-ball or something. Um, I was not able to do it. I played it so fucking many times trying to fully spell out Embryon and I could never do it. Um, I, I got close, but you don't it was need, tough. You don't need some of the letters in Embryon. <laughs> in all of them. In all and, of them. And what's worse is, you know, obviously every time you came over, it starts it all over. So I'm like, fuck, God damn it. I had Ember and I, I just needed the yawn. <laughs> Where's the fucking yawn? But uh, no anyway, yawn for you. No yawn for me. Uh, another feature I love is there's a third flipper. I just, uh, I just, I just had like, what are you knitting a sweater? You need more yawn? I need yawn. What do you need yawn for? <laughs> anyway. I gotta finish this fucking embry yawn. Your fucking sweater. All right. Yeah. Uh, no, that's true. Uh, so the, so yeah. So there's a third flipper, which I mean, I think was a feature I was originally familiar with playing. Uh, pinball video games i feel like pinball video games often had like extra flippers and weird Mm -hmm. shit uh and so this game had a third flipper that you pretty much only have a chance to to interact with like right when you initially launch the ball uh it's in the top right of the play field and um if you're able to get really good at using that third flipper uh, the, it was described, I, I was reading some people online who, you know, can put pinball shit more eloquently than me. Um, the, that, that paddle up there creates a lot of horizontal play, um, which I guess is something that wide pinball machines oftentimes lack because yes, mm. they're extra wide, but big fucking deal. Your ball mostly just goes up and down. So it's mm. not that exciting, but with this game, that third flipper it launches the ball into a separate area where you have a selection of different bumpers. Um, you have a bunch of different drop targets and there's just kind of like a lot of stuff that you can do up there. If you've gotten pretty good at using that third flipper, but if you aren't really able to do it that well, you're kind of playing in a different area of the, of the, you know, the table, which Mm -hmm. I also thought was really fun. It added this weird different skill of having this like kind of horizontal play area at the top. Um, one of the things I was I was surprised to learn about it is that the game, according to one site, which uh, I was I was looking at TVTropes.com for some reason they have a pinball section. Yeah, weird. I, I, I found I, that as well. Yeah, so I don't I don't trust everything that that website had to say just because it did say that Embryon was the last wide body pinball machine that Bally made. Uh, but I, I found pretty conclusive evidence that that's not true. Um, one of the other games that I chose for later in the episode is also a wide body. So not sure. But anyway, what I read was that this game was supposed to have uh, like mechanical monotone voice. It was supposed to have like a, a, a male robotic voice that was saying things to you as you're playing it. Um, the the machine that I had did not have voice of any kind that I could that I could discern. It's possible that that module just wasn't working. Um, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I would love to be able to play it, you know, and hear the voice and everything uh, in its completion. Um, but I think I will I will end by saying on this game uh, that it was released in 1981 by Bally alongside seven other pinball games that year. Bally put out eight pinball machines in one year, which is wow. fucking insane. Uh, fairly unheard of, you know, in terms of like just prolifery of 
putting stuff out there. The yeah. other games included uh, a bunch of pinball machines I'm not familiar with, uh, including Fathom, Centaur, 8-Ball Deluxe, Flash Gordon, Electra, and Medusa. Mm. Uh, and then Embryon was the eighth, and it was the worst performing of the bunch. Mm. Uh, I guess they suspected Bummer. that the sales of it dipped because of the grotesque and kind of you know creepy art style hmm. and theme uh it just probably did not appeal as much to bars and the like where you know you could have a variety of different people playing it um but i think it just makes it extra cool for me and yeah it, it was a it was a really very cool. weird game it really stood yeah. out at pintastic for a few different reasons i mean i had never seen a wide body game before i remember like trying it for the first time and you had just played it I was like, is it wider? And you're like, I don't know. I think it seems like it, but maybe it's just an illusion. Like we, we weren't like positive. Right, right. I couldn't put my finger on it right away. And then because it's like, I no, had... it is. It's actually, yeah. it's like way wider actually. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. Cool. And it was uh, cool. Yeah, it was cool. The, the artwork for it's awesome. Definitely go look at, yeah. look at the, you know, pictures and stuff. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. looking at it right now. It's, it's really awesome. It's so I cool. It's, re- it's really creepy. And, and just the sci-fi on. aesthetic is, is dope. And it's, yeah. it's, it's so weird but yeah mm. had a yeah. had a great time yeah yeah i did too i had a lot of fun with it but i was like fucking <laughs> terrible at it yeah <laughs> but it was I, but not, I liked it though i liked it a lot it's not an easy one i kept playing it because i was like god i need to like i like i felt like i could get better you know i felt mm-hmm. like i had a, i had a shot um okay awesome that you know that was pretty concise and one of my yeah. biggest highlights yeah um, so i'm going to throw it over to to hosif nintendo nintendo me <laughs> yeah are you pointing at me what? yes i'm pointing at you with my mouth <laughs> oh yes guys don't they know that we're basically all brothers i mean <sighs> I, mean, I mean you know you gotta keep I mean, it when, family when you know exists. Keep it in the family tree. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Wow! <laughs> All right. Okay, All right. so my Go pick, it, my pick is Gladiators, and uh, this was uh, designed by John Norris, and the artwork was created by Constantino Mitchell and David Moore, and it was manufactured by Gottlieb. Which is Gottlieb. which is like I don't know, like they're they're I don't know, they're, like their pinball games are like fucking. <laughs> they're not good. They're not good at all. I mean, some of them suck. have have good ideas but executed poorly. And good artwork. Yeah. Sometimes like good artwork, the artwork yes. was great, but yeah. we had never heard of them before. Pintastic, and all three of us are like fuck Gottlieb by the end of that day. <laughs> right? Yeah, we tried like, so many. We're like these all fucking suck. But this, this one's good, so huh? So all right. But this so, one, this so, one's really good. I so did I'm not really... get to try this. Okay, I didn't so... even see it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just totally missed it. Yeah, it was, it's really fun. Um, it came out in December of 1993, and uh, let's see, it has four players, four flippers, and two rams with a multi-ball of three, which is so disappointing. Oh. 
Oh, God. We should probably mention where we're getting this information from, too. You're oh, reading. Yes, I'm, I'm getting my information from pinside.com. Pinside.com. Awesome research. There's also the IPDB, the Internet Pinball Database.org, an amazing research resource yeah. that we used extensively as well for this episode. Just, just putting that out there. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. 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 And uh, they produced. Uh, just shy of 2,000 machines. They, mm. uh, they, they released 1,995. Mm, wow. And the estimated value is $2,030 to 2,370. So not worth a lot. Not worth a lot. Yeah, that's one. not terrible. That's and not uh, terrible. the cabinet is it's a normal cabinet, and the, the, the display type is a dot matrix, which I'm just assuming that's like the, the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. It's like it's all, it's just like not yeah. like super digital, mm-hmm. but yeah. Mm-hmm. so anyways so with this game so i just actually i did they, they do uh give you like some uh neat little tidbits about this game uh it was originally supposed to be legend of zelda what yes which no is way. crazy crazy it was going to be released after the super mario brothers and super mario brothers mushroom world tables which midway uh developed and uh and Gottlieb had an agreement for the American Gladiators license on the condition that they have the game released quickly. So they're like, okay, so let's just do a little reprogramming and uh, we'll new, just new release as, as, as American <laughs> Gladiators. And, but unfortunately, the, the deal fell through and they didn't have time to revert it back to Zelda. So they, they're like, you know what? We'll just release it as gladiators. Oh my That's god. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> that is nuts. Dude, I oh would god. love to have seen Legend of Zelda. I know. Yeah. I know. Imagine. That. I would have loved to have Holy seen the Super shit. Mario Brothers. Yeah. And Super Mario Brothers Mushroom World. I don't I don't remember seeing those at the, the expo. Unless they didn't have but, it, but no, I don't I didn't no. see that. So I But that does exist. That that did come out. Yeah, those two did come out. Gottlieb wow. Super Mario Bros. Pinball from 1992. It's really actually pretty cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. This is really neat. I can't believe that's out there. Shit. Yeah. All right. Well, Golly, hey, Golly oh. redeemed themselves a little bit. <laughs> just, just, just a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so there's a little, little, little story here. Uh, the player is an armor clad warrior or just a big ball. And uh, it, it's, it's, in a featureless abstract cyberscape where the goal is to survive the six rounds of the battle pyramid, drop off the swinging catapult crane into the pits, into the pit, bring down the, the reign of terror, cool name, slingshot around the upper playfield ramp and build up the cataclysm bonus, synchronize the, the left and right sides for attack mode, advance the weapon and double powers for greater scores, then spell multi, M-U-L-T-I, to start a two-ball multi-ball. If you can survive the pyramid, proceed to the beast challenge and behead the three-headed monster and become recognized as a beast slayer. <laughs> and become a porn I love, star. I love these little stories. I know. It's like, it's, it's I love pinball. how much it's quest there is. It's like, dude, I, I don't know what it's the like, fuck I don't I'm even doing. know I'm what smashing. I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like oh, oh, get get the free ball. Where's the, where's the free ball? I can't. Have I don't you know defeated the Hydra yet? Have you defeated the, the Hydra? Hydra? I don't I know what Hydra, Hydra you're talking about. What? Where? I flipped the I'm ball. Just... I just keep flipping the ball. 
the ball. No, no, no. The problem all. is you don't see yourself as the armor-clad warrior yet. You're still oh saying ball. Oh. Oh. You're a warrior. Too oh. much balls in my mind. I'm a warrior. Why must my brain be so literal? Take my hand. a ball. Why must it always see exactly what's in front of it? Oh, I'm so <laughs> and, literal. Oh, it's so literal. So this was this was fun, huh? Like I, was, I wish it was fun. I yeah. wish I had gotten to try this. It's I think it I, cool. I played I played this one quite a bit actually. I uh, it's I mean I wasn't sale. very I wasn't very good at it, but <clears> I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I uh, actually uh, took a picture of a. Uh, my final score, which was seventy three million seven hundred fifty two thousand six hundred and seventy points. Nice. <sighs> God damn it. God uh, damn it. God damn it. The God. thing I that spent some I... time with that one, and uh, it was a lot of fun. The artwork I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it's I mean, cool. it's not the it's not the best I've ever seen, but but good, yeah. definitely yeah. good. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I would if you got if anyone sees it like in their travels, play. Definitely it. check it's, it out. It's definitely yeah. check it out. Yeah, definitely. check out any of the any of the games we're spotlighting. Any of these it, games, like yeah. you know, it's normally really we try to spotlight like you know two things each total instead of four, but it's like impossible to narrow down oh all God. the games that we've played. Yeah. Even down to that seems impossible. So right, it's just like there are so many fun ones. But yeah, yeah, I will definitely check this out next time. I will say real quick, all the Gottlieb games I played. One of the big flaws was that kind of what you said, Tim, about um, about wide body tables. It just felt like yeah. there wasn't a lot to do. And yeah, was, uh, like there were certain yeah. Gottlieb ones. There was it was more than one for sure that it was like, well, there's like nothing in the whole like the bottom half of the table to do this, like nothing. You just have mm-hmm. to kind of get to the top and like there's a couple things up there. But yeah, you feel like you just kind of bounce table. off nothing and nothing. go back down and you're right. like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So at least this this to me looks like it it does have that openness as I'm looking at it. But at least the uh, there's a lot of like counters and things to light up. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it looks cool. So I'm I'm assuming that it's more it's kind of solved that issue a little bit. But that was yeah. definitely a problem I had with the Gottlieb games. Yeah, my yeah. my big my biggest problem to mm-hmm. go off what, what you said, Steve, was like a lot of times where you know you. You know, you pull the, the lever and let the ball go. And a lot of the times it'll just go right into that, that the side and then goes into the pit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, I didn't even right do it in the trash, right? In the trash. It, it, it hits all the bumpers and then it bounces wherever. And it just goes right to the side. There are some or, games that, yeah, it'll just go straight, straight down the middle. So frustrating. Every, every fucking time. It's like, there's no way you can save it. It's, it's perfect. Perfectly right, right down like, the middle. What the fuck? Like, what that, the, thank, thankfully, this is free play. That kept happening to me with one table. I do not remember what, what it was, but I was like, it was like six balls before I could actually even hit it once. It was unbelievable. That's crazy. That is crazy. I don't remember fuck, what I can't it was, goddamn though. do anything. I don't know. I, I don't want to say it was definitely a Gottlieb, but it was probably a Gottlieb. It, it was probably was. a Gottlieb. I remember there was one in that like secondary little room we found later that yeah. you were like this game's fucking bullshit <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, think, I don't remember it was like next to f14 tomcat and like some other one yeah i don't uh, i don't remember yeah i don't remember either uh, there's so actually, many games so many yeah there were um well we were talking about like you know boring pinball i i will mention uh there's the star trek like original generation uh from 1979 by bali and a superman 
pinball machine by atari also 1979 and both of those i wicked wanted to like the art style was awesome i loved like just the vintage feel of it it was super fucking cool but boring is all goddamn hell there was i mean and that's probably and it it seems crazy because it's like it's only two years off from 1981 which is like the fucking heyday of pinball apparently for for bali um and and plenty of others but uh yeah i mean it's it's really amazing how far uh interesting pinball mechanics came in just a Mm -hmm. couple of years right Uh, but yeah uh, so right. awesome. Let's uh, let's keep this thing moving right along and go to Parasite Svensson and oh. talk about your pick. Okay, my my pick is a pinball machine that I've been wanting to play for years and years and years. It is called Gorgar. It is a classic, yeah. very infamous game for a few reasons I'll get into. Manufactured by Williams, designed by Barry Ausler, art by Constantino Mitchell and Janine Mitchell. Date of manufacture was December 1979, the year I was born, and uh, production was 14,000 units, which is Holy pretty damn shit. good. Yeah. yeah, pretty crazy. So Gorgar is notorious for uh, being the first talking pinball game. This is uh, mostly true. Gorgar is, uh, there's a, a little bit of a caveat. Gorgar is the first commercially released talking pinball game. Uh, Williams actually, the same company. Uh, actually did develop a game called Disco Fever the year before it was engineered and patented. The technology for the speaking, the talking technology, whatever it is, was patented the year before. But technically, Gorgar actually went to market first. So it is the first released talking pinball game. Gorgar uh, has a heartbeat sound that it'll play and it increases the longer you're going. So it actually makes it more tense. It's really cool. Uh, it has a, a vocabulary of seven words, which are combined in different ways to make simple sentences. Those words are Gorgar speaks, beat, you, me, hurt, got, leave. So he'll be like, he'll be like me, Gorgar, and he'll say you beat me and stuff like that, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, this is uh, a game that I've been wanting to play forever, mainly because uh, I'm a big fan of the band Halloween. And uh, on their 1985 debut album, Walls of Jericho, there is a song called Gorgar. And in the song, the chorus claims that Gorgar will eat you. Eat you. Gorgar. Uh, and uh, just so, so super funny because he doesn't actually say eat. He says right. beat. It's it's clearly a misnomer. They, it does sound like he's saying eat, but the song is is wrong. It's not Gorgar will. It should say Gorgar will beat you, which right. is a whole different kind of pinball. <laughs> also, That's uh, true. unlike in the uh, song, at the end of the song, you hear Gorgar say tilt. But he never actually. He doesn't say that actually. Yeah. But as far as the game itself, um, I was really excited to play this. I was not let down. This is a really fun fucking game. I really enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't my like all time favorite of the day, but it was really cool. The art style, I would say, is uh, is definitely cool. You got your big, you know, demon, devilly demon Gorgar at the top. Uh, I would say that the the backsplash artwork is like not the best artwork I've ever seen. Yeah. The art of the table is a little bit better. 
Uh, it's got like various, you know, topless maidens kind of just uh, giving him head or something. It's like three of them. <laughs> they're fighting over his dicks. Uh, it's just what's All happening. De- demon dicks. I mean, that's that's yeah, what's I'm happening. Dark. I mean, I'm not even making it up. Just go it's- look at it. It is fucking crazy to me that this was so goddamn popular. I mm-hmm. understand that it had, you know, mechanized speech and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's the devil. It's Satan it's basically the, fucking a, a bunch of women yeah. all over this pinball oh, yeah. machine. Like, yeah. how are you telling it's me weird. that this game made 14,000 yeah, units? It's insane. Oh I my mean, God. It's, yeah, it's, nuts. yeah, I mean, I, no kidding. No kidding. It's like, there's so, de- so much debauchery on <laughs> no. this table. It's so crazy, but you know what it's it's badass it's classic it's it really is. fun to play um i'm not going to go into the actual gameplay or anything specifically but it was uh it was a highlight for me a lot of that was the build-up but hey you know when you're not yeah. let down that's that's all the better for it yeah um so yeah gorgar definitely a classic uh that's all i have to say about that Awesome. Nice. Awesome. That is super fun. I was pumped to get to play it too. Um, I, you know, I've known the song forever because of you guys and uh, it is definitely a fun game. I felt like it was one of the few pinball games there that I got felt like I was getting better at the more I played it. I was not just bashing my head against the mm-hmm. wall. I was like, okay, I'm kind of figuring out what's going on here. Yeah. Um, I, I did have a lot of fun with that one. Oh my God. Uh, I forgot. I, there was something else I wanted to mention. This is super oh, hilarious. Yeah. This is super funny. I learned this today as I was looking up stuff. So there were two versions of Gorgar, one with the speech, one without the speech. The one with the speech was $70 more. I don't know why anybody... <laughs> Would not I really want bucks. that Doesn't seem like much. I don't know why anybody would not like spring the 70 bucks. Like, right, I mean, I know it's thousands of bucks for a fucking machine, probably. <laughs> so it literally was $70 more. Again, this is according to the internet pinball database, and they they freaking double check and confirm yeah. all their stuff. Um, but the way that they were trying to, because this is new technology, the way that they were trying to like woo the operators into like purchasing the the you know the more expensive version is they literally manufactured. I would love to get my hands on one of these. I don't even know if you can buy them or if people are selling them on eBay or something. They made like 45s, these records. And it what? was just, it, it it's on, it's on YouTube. They have the, the sound file. It's four, it's like almost four minutes long and it's just the sound effects. And it's just a guy being like, Gorgar is coming and he's super badass and he's gonna get head from all your topless women <laughs> and like you know it's just he's just basically saying all this stuff about the table and wow, how awesome it's gonna be fuck? yeah That's yeah cool. it's like in Gorgar speaks williams electronics pinball promo sound sheet yeah it's 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 so insanely funny but that's uh, that's what they did they sent out free copies of this like record and you know they're like okay buy our machine but also buy the 70 dollar extra better version because it's like the whole point I, I don't even know why they bothered making one that was slightly cheaper i know what like it seems like how many people are they honestly gonna get i mean the whole freaking interested. point was that they had this brand new technology it's so weird yeah. anyway I'm, yeah. I'm truly done <laughs> i just that's didn't awesome that. that is really neat I, my god that's such a collector's fucking holy grail to find the stupid quicker <laughs> speaks on vinyl from 1979 it's like a three minute audio track <laughs> on a fucking vinyl oh, so, <laughs> so weird dumb. Yeah. Why? so weird 
Oh my God. All right. All right. All right. Uh, so I will, uh, I will fire off my second one here. Uh, this is a game that I did not play until almost the end of the day. Um, and it was at the uh, suggestion of Mrs. Parasite, Steve. Uh, she had played this one and mentioned it was cool. And I kept seeing it, but people kept being on it. Uh, the game was called Speak Easy. And uh, it is also a Bali game. Uh, it turns out that I guess I just gravitated towards the Bali game. I did not mean to do that, but uh, here I am. Uh, so it was made in August 1982, and it was they produced uh, 3,000 units or so. Uh, the game was designed by George Christian, and the artwork for it was done by Greg Ferreris, which is a fun name to say. Uh, <laughs> this game has one thing about it that I thought was truly standout, uh, and it was underneath the playfield, there is a fully working roulette wheel. Uh, and so every time, you know, you're, you're playing the game, you're doing your best, whatever, when the ball inevitably falls down the pit and you're sad, uh, you get to not have a sad for once because the ball actually pops into this little roulette wheel and it spins around and spins around until it finally lands on something. Uh, and the things that you can potentially get are there's a host of bonus points, which are, you know, fine and dandy, who gives a fuck. Uh, there's also the op opportunity to earn a free ball. Every time you die, there's a chance to get a free ball, uh, but there's also a chance to lose a ball, which is oh, wow. crazy. Uh, there's one spot that's a lose a ball, and I think there might be one that's a free ball, and then the rest are just points. Um, but it is such a fun gimmick. I really loved seeing every time you lose the ball to have it activate this roulette wheel. It was wicked cool. And honestly, it blends right into the play field. I didn't even know it was a separate thing until I first played it. I thought it was just, you know, part of the artwork, whatever. Uh, so that was super duper cool. Uh, I also learned that the game was mostly released as just the simple speakeasy, which had a two player functionality. Uh, but they also created a game called Speakeasy four with the number four next to it and the layout of some of the artwork was different and whatnot uh but it was a four player variant of the game uh that i guess was exported uh more often than, huh. than it was kept domestically um the the light in the art style is very eye-catching everything in it is kind of like this like the roaring 20s kind of vibe and it's just uh it's it's a very like well lit game like mm -hmm. it has a lot of these like kind of amber and orange lights that are also playing with these like really deep blue lights and it was just yeah. like a very pretty game to look at yeah um, and and honestly playing it was was so just like you just felt like fucking like jay gatsby like it's just cool like you feel like a you know you're in some like high class bar and and you know like you're you're at mm -hmm. a, like a speakeasy you know nowadays they become so uh so chic to have these like you know faux speakeasies and shit um yeah. but this like i was like i i need an old-fashioned you know on the side of this pinball machine and I'm, i need to just like keep playing this like it was a cool game and honestly one i never would have even thought twice about but i i had a great time messing around with it you know i i don't think i got to try this because i kept seeing it and i saw christine play it a lot and um i kept meaning to go back to it and i looking at the roulette wheel 
online right now. Like I, I honestly don't think I got to try this. It yeah. really is so you would, cool. You would totally remember it. And, oh yeah. And like, it really is not necessarily something that aesthetically, like I love the aesthetics because I love the 1920s ness about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, it's just gambling stuff, which isn't right. really in my wheelhouse per se. So it, it's like, it's odd, but I am drawn to it. And mm-hmm. I do think it, overall it's, it's gorgeous. Um, like, especially the, the back art. I mean, just, just awesome. Um, yep. I wish I had gotten to try this. Damn it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a cool one. Um, the, the good thing about the Pintastic Expo is they have a pretty consistent, like family of pinball machines that travel, you know, with them whenever they, they do it. Um, some of the machines that are at the at these places are on display for sale by independent vendors, and, and that's that's a separate thing. Um, but it looks like Speakeasy is part of their family of pinball machines, so you know they'll be able to have another shot to play it cool. uh, unless we find it beforehand. But yeah, I totally agree. It's not a theme that appeals to me at all. It was a very pretty machine to see in person. Um, and then the roulette wheel gimmick just, I mean, it just mm. sends it over the top. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Um, and it really just works well and looks mm-hmm. awesome. And that's, that's like one of my favorite things with pinball machines is unique gimmicks like that. Yeah. You know, you go, wow, I, yeah. I'm never going to forget that. That's I so agree. Cool. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, very, very so, cool. Yeah. And, and actually what it reminds me of is uh, the game that none of us picked to spotlight, but it was called fire with an exclamation point. And uh, that game is like this. It's it, it's a weird theme that I normally wouldn't care about, but because it was period, it appealed to me. And uh, it's a firefighting game, but it's like turn of the like 19th century. Mm-hmm. And they show the, it's not a fire engine. It's like a cart with horse drawn cart with barrels of water. It's yeah. like the beginnings of firefighting. And it's just such a bizarre Maybe the theme. most bizarre theme of it all really of is. anything like <laughs> the so thought weird. that somebody did that. But honestly, that is another one that like this. I feel like you could put them next to each it's, other and yeah, they would go perfectly. It is gorgeous. It is yeah. really like the, the detail in the artwork on fire is just amazing. And it, it, like you it's said, straight it's fire. It's damn, straight fire. It's, it's straight fire. It's straight fire. And it, it looks so cool in person because it, it has this like simulated fire technique where like there's like yellow and red lights like on a yes like a yeah the, the belt or something yeah the way that the way that they did the electric fire was just incredible and it really looked Wicked like cool. it didn't look like other tables it looked like it yep. was fire it it was really really cool i loved it but we didn't spotlight it but i just want to just throw that together because Yep. They should go together. It's like Absolutely. speakeasy and fire would be an amazing yeah. two pinball. Hell machines. yeah. And it's, and it's own. one's Valley, one's Williams. One's so you Williams. Get like, the, you, get, you, know, you, you get, get to get put both. them together before they joined yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so, super awesome. Honorable mention. So yeah, uh, I'll just, you know, put, put the pin and speakeasy there and pass it on over to Nintendo for your next pick. Oh my God. My next oh my pick. God. Get ready, homie. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So my next pick is from uh it's nah, yeah it's, your it's, nose it's, it's, it's from it's from my notes yeah it's <laughs> can't pick my nose it's from williams and William. the, name of the game is called grand lizard it's a joke yes. out there as they say that's a dope game and uh it is so much fun easily I, one I, of my favorite games i'm so glad you picked this yeah me too so i know I, I really like the artwork 
it reminds me of the Turbo Graphics era. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. For, for Dude, like reason, fucking it's, it's, legendary acts, right? Well, yes. Like yes. totally. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And 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 a little bit of that, and also a little <laughs> bit of uh 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 was that uh demons uh demons crush or devil's right. crush, right? Yeah. Or devil's crush. Yeah. So that has that going for it. It also and, reminds uh, me of the Serpent Men in the Conan the Adventurer cartoon, like oh, so yes. much. Hard. When oh. I see this, all I see is like, it's like, is that is the Grand Lizard Rathamon? <laughs> I, right. I love yeah. the, the art of the Grand Lizard himself. It's I love so it. All right. I, lo- yeah. I love this game. All right. So go ahead. Talk Keep about going, it. Joe. It's so, yeah. it's so good. It's so good. It came out in January of 1986. And they produced 2,750 machines. Okay. It's a small body, and the display type is alphanumeric with four players, four flippers, two rams, and three multi balls, which is still disappointing. <laughs> um, the game was designed by Barry Auerslur and Python Aggeho Gallo. I can't pronounce his last name. His name's Python. Python. P Y T H O N. Uh, O-N. <laughs> O-N. 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 Oh my God. Can you tell I had like three hours of sleep last night? That's, okay. That's uh, rare. Just power man. through it. Power through it. I can tell. I can totally tell. <laughs> the artwork by Paul Ferris and again, Python. P-Y-T-H-O-N. And Geho. And Geho. And Geho. And yeah, this game was a ton of fun. Yeah. I love the artwork. Like I mentioned before. Uh, the, the table work is really, really cool. Um, hold on. Whoops. Uh-huh. I, I'm, trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to get to the pictures here so I can like describe the table. Um, okay, here we go. The- so, so you have like, like these two ramps and these two ramps lead up to the, the serpent's head. I was really bad at this game. I'm bad at all these games, by the way. Um, you kicked ass at this game. What are you talking about? What, you, was it this you, one? You, yeah. Grand Lizard I, is the game that you were like, oh, JK, what was your high score? Oh, mine was 73 million. We're like, what the fuck? We yeah, got like no, 2 million. Uh, yeah. Oh, was, that the one, was that the one I got like? Over uh, a million. Like, and we, yeah, like we, it was an astronomically like good score. Yeah, yeah because yeah, you got oh, over okay. a million on your game first- then. You you literally on your first try or second try or something, and Tim and I had been playing it, and we're like, oh, pretty good. We got like twenty thousand. Oh, pretty good. We got you know because different pinball like machines. Oh yeah, the scoring's different. All over. Yeah, the scores are all over the map. It's like you one like forty thousand might be a lot, and another one it's like you did worse and got like two billion. Like I don't know. It's like why why did I get that many points? I didn't do anything. <laughs> um uh, okay yes yeah. yeah, so I, I did, you I did take a picture of it i did take a picture of it i did get one million uh yeah okay it was insane yeah. we couldn't i was even, for whatever reason even... i was thinking of another game okay like, no, i think we uh, were, were like yeah we one. got like three hundred thousand. yeah you were good yeah, at like, this one yes we're awesome joe comes along fuck you guys I got oh man i suck at this game i only got one and a half million that's what it was oh yeah one million i suck at this game yeah, so dope. this game this game is beautiful. I love it. Yeah, uh, you get uh, let's see, you have two ramps that lead to the serpent's head. I don't remember what that does. It um, like it sends you to the upper playfield where there's like oh, two yes, smaller right. paddles. Yeah, so it's like that's right. it was that's fun. Right. It was yes. like a second little area. Yeah, yes, yes. Four that's paddles what... in this game. Four. Yeah. 
four. Freaking fucking four. awesome. Awesome. Four. Yeah. I mean, think of it as four penises with three balls. Or don't. Right. You can think of it as paddles. Or don't. You can I mean, think of I'm it as think, anything you want, I mean, but Joe will. I'll, Joe I'll will. think that way. That's fine. That's fine. That. What Whatever makes you happy, man, it's fine. I mean, that, ma- that totally makes me happy. But I mean, I, I'm going to, you know what they're, right? to me, you know what they are to me? They're bananas. Oh. Isn't it the same thing, though? You no, banana is a delicious banana. fruit that you hate. You cannot have it. <laughs> it's a delicious. It's a delicious fruit that you hate. That you hate. It is. <laughs> it's so, true. I hate so bananas. It's well documented. So they're not the same. Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what shape wise? I, I. It has to be mentioned that th- this game has like we're talking about how awesome the artwork is, which is true. The, the hilarious combination. So Paul Ferris. The hilarious combination of lizard people and mandrills. You know those baboons right. that have like colorful faces? Like oh, yes. red butts. What? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the grand lizard is surrounded by mandrills. Like he doesn't have attack dogs. It's he has his entourage mandrills. mandrills. It's the weirdest, awesomest. Well, you know, because he lives I love in the jungle. I <laughs> love it, dude. I am not ragging on it. It yeah. is so awesome. And, and there is and there's a... like some other weird little like there's like some little snakies and like some little yeah. other guys. There was yeah. there's some other animal I remember I spotted and I was uh, like, oh, okay. that's random. But there, but there is the mostly like <laughs> front and center. It's so like funny. And there is a yeah. sculpted like serpent head like the the grand lizard presumably yeah. with the horns it's like yeah, an actual yeah. sculpted piece yeah. and you know a lot of games back then like i think it, i think that's more common now but um what year was this yeah. joe oh what did i say it was uh 1986 like 1986 yeah, yeah pretty cool yeah. um i i like the um the, the side bumpers they have the 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 uh, shows the guy like holding the, the two the two swords oh I, yeah yeah i think that's yes. really cool yeah it totally reminds me of conan and this yep. kind of makes me wish it was based on the cartoon well that's what i said like it's like the Car- conan the adventure it's like yeah is, is the I, grand lizard i, think, I like, really do think yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. so neat i mean it came way before so it can't yeah be. yeah but yeah it does evoke that for me big time I, um, it makes me wonder if this pinball was uh has inspired that show i don't know to, to go I, in that direction I, maybe right. like somebody was a fan of the game and then just sort of used it a little bit or whatever yeah, I don't know. yeah. it's interesting it is it is very very similar um yeah. you got to talk about the magna save feature with this one i don't yeah. know if you were going to talk about that but that oh, is so cool no. what? oh i don't even know because <clears throat> because yeah. the 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 grand lizard's hands are really big and they're like above the bumpers and there's a a separate button that you'd press. And it was a, it was a feature that um, this was, this was Williams, right? Yes. It was was on a few other Williams tables at the time. And basically you're allowed, you can't just spam it. You have like one or two times you could do, and I think you can recharge it, but there's a separate button next to the flippers. And if you press it while the ball is going over the spot, it's his you just die yeah it's his palms it'll it'll like magnetize and go right to the center of his palm like he's holding the ball yeah i don't don't think i've ever used that it was hard to get your brain to like it's hard to wrap your head around it but it was cool 
Yeah, yeah I, that is, that's I love, a neat idea. I love yeah. that because that is a feature that other games had, but a lot of games you have to unlock the Magna save. You got to do something to earn it. But Grand yeah. Lizard, you just start with it. Yeah. And uh, actually, it's interesting because when we were talking a little earlier about like the this this table having four flippers and and having like the second play field up at the top, I was gonna say I'm like the only other. Um, table that was at Pintastic that I recalled doing that was this other game called Solar Fire. Yes. Okay. And Solar yep. Fire has yeah, like this very cool like space theme. And it was, um, uh, what did we learn from the guy that it was like based on like, like loosely Battlestar Galactica and then they lost the rights or it was like there was, there was some weird thing with, that, uh, with Solar some Fire. random guy said that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like, I, was, I think it was, it was the guy was who owned the machine. A, it was, it was going to be a Starbox game. <laughs> no, I Stop making else. me sad. That sounds awesome. <laughs> That's not true. You take that not back, right. Ted. Take that back. It's too you cool. Fucking, you fucking <laughs> prick. I hate you. God you damn fucking, you. You fucking banana. You you're fucking such banana. a banana. <laughs> you suck. You're a fruit you don't even like. Oh my god. You're a fruit you don't even like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Solar Fire came out five years earlier. It came out in 1981, also by Williams. Uh, but it was uh, just a random pinball that was one of my honorable mentions. I played it a lot of times and I really enjoyed it. Um, but it has an extremely similar play field to Grand Lizard. It seems like they just tweaked a few things. They took out a ramp here or there and added, you know, a couple of different ones. But for the most part, uh, the play fields are very similar. Uh, but why, why I also bring this up is that Solar Fire was the first game of the day that I noticed that had the, the Magna save feature, except that game does not start with it right away. Um, and I kept trying to play it more and more, hoping that I could get it so I could just see it in action. And I never was able to do it. Uh, okay. and, then, and then later on, I found Grand Lizard and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, you start with it. Cool. I can, I can goof around with the, the cool magnets. Um, and so each, uh, when, you know, the left and right side have the two hands and then there's like these three lights. And so as you're using up the magnet save, the lights will drain from three to two to one showing, you know, how much power you have left in the magnet save. Very fun feature, very cool, uh, to see. And, and, you know, that among other things made me really enjoy, uh, Grand Lizard a lot. It's a mm -hmm. great game. And there's yeah. actually, I don't know if you guys saw it um, in, in looking around, but there's two different cabinet artworks for Grand Lizard. Um, oh, I did not see that. There is the one that we have seen, which is the more, you know, kind of vintage classic style with the Conan guy stabbing the, the lizard guy in the nose. Uh, but then there's this other one that's like much more detailed. It's like a higher fidelity. Oh, <clears throat> Uh, so I think uh, I, I did see that and is I could be wrong about this. I think, I think it's a repro. Somebody okay, just did that... a better version of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because it, it did seem like it was a little, like it didn't match in quality. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really neat. I wasn't sure where it came from, but definitely, definitely cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Nice. Joe, was there anything else you yeah. wanted to say no, about, no, about Grand Lizard? Yeah, no, that was awesome. It. awesome. Never, never heard of this game. I definitely feel like a lot of the machines we are spotlighting tonight, Gorgar excluded, are weird ones <laughs> that are yeah. like not necessarily talked about a lot. And yeah, uh, I don't think I had heard of any of the, the games that we ended up loving. 
Mm-hmm. I um, know, like some of our top top favorites were like all we random. discovered there. It was great because yeah. yeah. previously it was always like the licensed ones, mm-hmm. you know. If right, because you know, that's what you're drawn to, right? Yeah, like before, I thought my favorite game, my favorite pinballs were Jurassic Park and the Adams Family. Those are still great games, but like yep. those are essentially the only tables that I was ever going to play are the like licensed ones that went with something that I cared about, you know. Oh my God. I loved discovering all these bizarre things that went with nothing. There's so much narrative in grand lizard. Like I I want to write a book about it. Seriously. I I know like no one (laughs) a book with the fucking like evil lizard wizard and his mandrels. Like you could probably reach out to Williams and they'd be like, dude, go right ahead. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Like, it's, it's insane yeah. it goes with nothing yeah. it's unbelievable i love it so right. anyway so cool yeah. so yeah so uh steve why don't you give us your second pick for the first sure. half here sure uh so i'm gonna go with a game i got to play not at pintastic it was a game i saw there but it was uh it was either being used or it was down or i think it got sold or something but i didn't get to try it and i was really bummed but then they had it when we went to free play and uh my my sad turned into a glad um, and, uh, and it is a game called Phantom of the Opera. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of, <clears throat> you know, horror and, uh, you know, books and shit. And I have read the original book and, uh, this, <laughs> this table blows my mind for so many reasons. First of all, it is, uh, I'll, I'll read down the, the list of, uh, the stats here manufactured by data East. So weird. I didn't even know Data East had a pinball division, but right, me they either. made this game designed by uh, Joe. <laughs> okay, he has a funny name, and I, no matter how I say it, it's going to sound silly. Uh, thankfully, his first name's Joe. Joe, either Kamen Cow or Kaminko or Kaminkawi. I don't know. And Ed Sabula. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This is <laughs> bad. I don't know. Pinball so, folks don't do but, not have easy names. But I can tell you the artist because that's Paul Ferris, same guy who did all the art for Grand Lizard. Same guy, by the way, our buddy Paul Niemeyer worked for because he told us in the group, Paul Niemeyer, of course, artist, Retroid, uh, previous inhabitant of the brig, guy who did a lot of uh, a lot of really really cool artwork for awesome guy. various arcade games such as satan's hollow and uh mm-hmm. pack uh, professor pac-man a few different pac-man games he just did a lot of a lot of awesome stuff uh throughout the years for other things but he like did a lot of like 80s arcade stuff so yep. you know he's our buddy and he told us on the group that his boss at ballywood midway in 1985 and 1986 was paul ferris and uh Turns out I looked him up today. He's a total freaking legend. He's responsible for an absolute ton of, of pinball and uh, video game artwork. Um, he did. Um, he did Xenon, which is a game we didn't get to play, but was mentioned by right. one of our retroids. He did a game yep. called a uh, little game. You may have heard of. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this one. Uh, Double Dragon. Taito 1987. Apparently he did the original haven't, haven't Double heard. Dragon artwork. Wow. Phantom- he also did the artwork for the Back to the Future pinball machine, which I've never seen. There's a no. Batman that goes actually with the original Batman movie. There's an old Ninja Turtle art, like a pinball game. I, I didn't even know. Also, Data East, 1991. Well, Holy crap, I want to play that. Yeah. He also did the artwork wow, yeah. for Sonic Blast Man. Super funny. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, 
GoldenEye. He did the GoldenEye pinball. He did Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which went with that weird Mary Shelley's Frankenstein De Niro movie with Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Totally crazy. He did the Playbo- Playboy table. He did a table called uh, Paragon. And he did one that we actually did see there. And it's called, uh, I believe it's called Lost World. And it was the one with the like the barbarian guy and the barbarian. Oh, chick. yes. Which was, and, I think, uh, a Gottlieb game. Was no, no, I don't know. It wasn't Gottlieb. Um, okay. But yeah, he he did the artwork for that. And we're like, oh, man, the artwork's so insane. And that's when Paul came on and he was like, uh, yeah, this was actually Paul Ferris, my boss. And the super buff barbarian and the chick are actually him and his wife because they were way into way into bodybuilding at the time and right, he painted like, themselves <laughs> it's like it's super so awesome. funny yep <laughs> so anyway it's just a fun anecdote about the artist paul ferris total legend maybe we can get him on the show sometime but yeah. uh yeah. so phantom of the opera came out january 1990 and production run was 2750 units on this 2000 2750 units yeah okay. um so the interesting thing was one of the things I love is that it's they based it on the original 1910 novel by Gaston LaRue. It's not based at all on the musical. A lot of people I don't even know, like, do you even realize that it wasn't originally either a Broadway musical or an opera? It was neither. It was a it was a novel. It's a novel from 1910 that's been adapted into so many different things. But the thing is, just like Sherlock Holmes, every time that you make a copy of a copy of a copy like less of the original comes through and it really is true like to go back to the original novel how many things are just so completely different so on this table i was geeking out like so much there was an absolute ton of references to the novel itself including the depiction of the phantom himself which is on the the backsplash um and a key character who is almost always left out of the adaptations and that's the persian and he's even labeled as such all the characters have their character name next to them just just in case you didn't realize but super cool so so cool um and so to talk about the game real quick it has i'm finally getting to talk about this what (laughs) i've decided is my favorite like small not not a big whoop as far as like a feature it's in a lot of pinball machines not a big deal like the magnus save or the roulette wheel or anything that kitschy it's it's pretty common but it wasn't in the 70s i don't know when it was introduced but it's the lane change feature and the lane change is when you're up at the top when your ball is all the way at the top of the table and there are those like kind of three like little gaps that you can get into those are the lanes and uh you know as you know when you go into when you go down one it'll usually light up um and then you know if you light them all up then you get some bonus or it'll activate some ramp or it'll do something and um so anyway if you are playing a game that has the lane change feature um if you if you activate the paddle usually it's just the right paddle but some some games it's both it'll actually switch the light will move so when your ball is up there you now suddenly have some control and you can actually make it so if you're like oh well it's going to go in the middle one but the I middle one's lit that one lit then you can hit the hit the your flipper and it'll do it'll change the lane into a an a non-lit lane and it'll go down and now because you actually did that 
now you have two instead of just the same one you already had Hell and it's yeah. so fun i love it, is, it. it's it such so much fun a, I, it seems like a small no big deal thing but it really <clears throat> but it just enhances, adds a little extra control you know? it does yeah. it enhances the yeah. game for me a lot it's a little thing yeah. that adds up to a lot for me personally i love the lane change feature i think the lane change and an added paddle are basically my favorite so if you can have a paddle if you can have three paddles or four paddles and then the lane change it's like yep those are all my favorites yeah i love them yeah so anyway um another cool thing is there is a a really cool ramp in the upper right play field and it's it's an it's supposed to be the organ and it raises and It'll, it starts off and it just looks like it's flush to the to the ground, but it's a three-dimensional thing. But you can activate it and it'll actually raise up and your your ball actually can go underneath into like the secret catacombs you know, and stuff. And there are just a lot of neat things. Every single like ramp and little hole that you can get into are really awesome references. Like they're all references to either characters or scenes. Like one of the things is like, it's supposed to look like a mirror and it's um, it's like a little windmill thing. So uh, let's see if I can describe this right. So you're looking at it and it looks like a flat person, like a person standing there. But when it goes, when your ball goes under it, it spins and then it'll look like, you know, a, okay. Just a mirror or whatever. And it, but it'll just kind of spin, spin, spin for a few seconds. But your ball goes under there. Well, that's from a scene in the book. So, like, you know, anyway, there's like lots that's of so cool neat. stuff like that. Lots of cool stuff. Um, anyway, uh also, so one last thing. So this is something that I just didn't really quite understand when I played it, and then I looked it up later. And so there was something weird about it look up the look up the artwork of the backsplash of this it's amazing the yeah. this is like one of the best looking backsplashes i've ever seen i i absolutely adore this artwork by paul ferris so the the phantom sometimes if you google it you'll see him with or without his mask and without the mask yeah. he is really disfigured and that's the way he looked in the book he didn't have a nose he didn't have like some of his lips he was more like a living skeleton he's not really just like a handsome guy with like a bit of burned eyebrow like like he's he's supposed to be like a he, living he's looking like skeleton. shit man like it's <laughs> he has lived his whole life like in freak shows because nobody can abide his looks it's not just like you have a scar no it's it's not that his whole yeah you're body. not like a, a super handsome yeah. 10 out of 10 with like a, a fucked up oh you know, oops i could yeah. just cover this like half of right. my face and it's fine um or in the gerard butler movie version i swear to god he like had like an eyebrow missing like there was like nothing wrong with him he's fine like what what is your problem dude you look fucking you look like gerard butler Stop. Yeah, stop, stop fucking whining. Cry me a fucking river. <laughs> but the, in the book, he's like really like disgusting. But anyway, so um, yeah, so you'll you'll Google image it and you'll see that sometimes he has the mask, sometimes he doesn't. And I could yeah. tell that the mask was like separate, but I couldn't exactly a hundred percent understand it. So the version I played did have the mask. And it's like, is it is it a separate piece in there? Is it like it's it it looks and I, I didn't know if it like if it like drops down or something, you know, like it would be revealed or whatever. So anyway, I did some, I did some research and I did answer that question. Um, according to a forum post on pinside.com, the deal is that the back glass is actually screened on both sides. So the back of the glass 
So if you tap the front of it, like not there, you can't get to the, the other image. That is most of it. Most of the artwork is there. But on the front, they also printed the mask. And there's also like a little guy that's been hanged, like a hangman guy. Uh, He's just kind of hanging there. So the mask and the hangman are actually on the outside. So it provides a sort of like three dimensional thing. But also, if you do it right, and if you get the right bonuses and light up the right ramps and you do the right thing, when the when the flashers are illuminated, the mask becomes translucent and you can actually see the face. So you can't see it perfectly. You see it through the mask. But it's enough that you see what he really looks like. And it's supposed to be like really unsettling. That's why it's so gross, you know? Yeah. But um, apparently uh, many times on location, according to this post that I read, um, what would happen is the stupid kids who would play this game just wanted to see what he looked like. So they would scratch off the artwork because it was on the outside with like quarters or other things and they would just scratch it until it was gone and they would destroy it. So actually it's, it's kind of expensive and rare to find a version that does have the mask on it. It's even, it's even, you know, I don't know exactly how many were destroyed, but apparently that was a thing that happened. And um, yeah, that's why, because most of the images I was finding online did not have the mask. And I'm like, what's the deal with this? Right. I don't understand. But that's that's the deal. Um, I've talked for a, a while on this. I'll just also say that this is um, definitely one of the funnest pinball machines uh, that I've played. I I love it. It's definitely in my top five. I uh, definitely would could picture myself like owning Phantom in the Opera. I think it's really like appropriate. I've had a I've had a really large like a 27 by 40 movie size poster of the silent film framed in my house for like ever years and years and years and um i think that this this table was just me all the way home but also oh my god was that game fun it was just constant fun every single ramp like your ball just went somewhere every time right all the time oh it's it's going if even if it's not the thing you aim for it's like but you can do that instead and you can go up here and i was constantly like figuring out how to light up different things because that is something that i think needs to be mentioned too is i i think that like i i really enjoy the bally midway and williams specifically like of the 80s and early 90s i think pinball tables of today i find to be so busy and there's so much going on i don't understand what i'm doing yeah and so much is is about the screen and you're supposed to like somehow pay attention it's like dude i can't read the screen i'm literally looking down the whole time screens for like other players i don't know i'm not i'm not worried about the stupid how can i even look at that yeah so i don't even understand like it's like too complicated there's too much to do or something and it's just like yeah but i don't really i don't really understand what's happening uh, like I played yeah. like the Ninja Turtle game, the new Ninja Turtle game by Stern. It was fun as hell. I loved it, but I didn't understand what the fuck I was doing. Right. With this game, right. I understood how to do stuff and I learned how to do stuff. And with Grand Lizard, same thing. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's just that's my personal preference. But um, I definitely think that I have an era for pinball. And it's like it's like late 70s to early 90s. 
Yeah. And yeah, Williams I, is I agree. Williams is my favorite, but like the Bally stuff is awesome. And uh, but yeah, oh my god, if you ever if you ever see Phantom of the Opera, definitely play it. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely yeah, get a I'll, chance to play it. I've never, I don't think I've played this one. I didn't get a chance to play it. Uh, it was, it was one that like, you know, when we were at free play, there was just a lot going on and I, I meant to circle back around and, and really give it a shot, but I just, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with it. So I'm super looking forward to getting another opportunity to do that at some point. Yeah. We gotta, uh, we gotta go back. Be awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gotta, yes. gotta have Nintendo in tow. Yes. Uh, and, and get in, get in on some of that fucking good, good, yeah, Mrs. Parasite is is totally down too. She wants to oh, she wants yeah. to definitely join us next time. Absolutely, nice. yeah. Oh, it yeah. was uh, it was totally fun, totally worth it. Awesome, guys. All right, so I mean that is the first half of our pin pinball extravaganza here. Um, that is our all of our first two choices, and uh, and so now we're kind of gonna get to the part of the episode where we transition over to the retroids themselves. That's you, the listener. Uh, you've been here the whole time, hopefully, and if you haven't been, then you're not hearing this, but you're here now. So uh, this week, it wasn't really so much of an octoponder. Um, we kind of did a, a little bit of a poll earlier um, at the end of 2021, and we were doing some outreach to people in the retroid community to find out what their favorite pinball machines were. So that way we could look for them and try to play them when we were at the, uh, the Pintastic Expo. Uh, so I, I think what we'll do is, you know, we'll come back, we'll go to commercial, we'll come back. I think maybe each one of us here, uh, at Retroid Octopus, we can, you know, give a shout out to like maybe one of our OG favorites, like before we got way into all this shit sure. for this episode. Sure. Um, but mostly we're just going to talk about, you know, give give uh, highlights to all the, the submissions we got from the Retroids uh, and, and, you know, just kind of spotlight what people thought. Um, you know, let's just simplify it. Don't we don't got to overthink it. So uh, so I think that's our plan. Um, we're going to go on a short break and uh, and then we'll talk about it when we come back. So stay tuned. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say... Once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hey, what's going on? I'm Steven. And I'm Ron. And we're the hosts of the Super Retro Throwback Reviews Audio Podcast. If you like to hear the latest pop culture news with some smart-ass commentary as well as the latest movie reviews, then check us out. Also, we're a multi-award nominated podcast, so we're doing something right. God knows how that happened. So check us out on all major podcasts and distributors and check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on all social media platforms. Patsy, the angry nerd, lover of science and sharks. And I'm Ashes Von Nightmare, the real housewife of Transylvania and mistress of Merlot. And, and we're, we're the, the hosts of the Throwdown Thursday, Thursday podcast. podcast. 
part of the Some Buddies and Grand Guignol Networks. Join us each and every Thursday as we break down all the characters you love and love to hate. That's right. We cover characters from movies, television, books, video games, and even real historical figures. Plus, we discuss science. And wine. Like, so much wine. Like, all the wine. We also pit random characters against each other in free-for-all contests voted on by you, the listener, and reveal the results the following week. Did I mention the wine? Like, there's a lot of wine. So join us on our journey through pop culture on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we will will see see you you next Thursday. This is Larry Blamire, the director of Lost Skeleton of Cadavra, and you are listening to Retro Reductopus. Oh, yeah. Hey, are you ready to do some thinking? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. All righty. Welcome back aboard, everyone. Before we went on our commercial break, we mentioned that we would be coming back and talking about some of our original favorite pinball machines and then getting a chance to highlight and spotlight all those great submissions we had from the Retroid community because we love you all so very, very much. <laughs> uh, so I think um, I'll, I'll start off with, uh, with, with highlighting one of, the, one of my OG favorites, which I unfortunately have just not been able to locate to play uh, recently. Uh, and that is Revenge from Mars. Uh, Revenge from Mars is the first pinball machine that really blew my mind as a kid. I remember playing it for the first time at the Hampton Beach ballroom casino, like boardwalk area. Um, there was there was an arcade there. The Revenge from Mars pinball machine was there, and it blew my mind. I mean, there was all these really cool, you know, rubber figures and miniatures and stuff in there, but it had this reverse projection like screen that somehow was able to like occupy the very top of the play field while also projecting 3D images in a way that looked like the like they were being projected onto the the pinball machine. And when you would launch your ball up into that area, it would interact with these like hologram things that were coming out. So, you know, there might be one mission where it's like, oh, the aliens are abducting cows. And you're like, oh shit, okay, I have to, I have to destroy the UFO. So you'd launch the ball up to the middle. And every time you you got it up there and it would pass through the image the image would react and it would you know take damage and whatever and you'd have to hit it x number of times and i was like how the fuck is it doing this i'm interacting with light i mean there's nothing there um but it, it really was so tactile it felt great and uh and it has just been a pinball machine dream for me uh i mean to own one would be amazing but just to just to have the opportunity to play the shit out of it uh and there hasn't really been the opportunity to do that uh but i did recently learn that there's one at a local mall i probably still have to pay you know four bucks or some shit to play it but um revenge from mars absolutely just one of my goddamn favorites um attack from mars is really cool too but revenge just kind of pushed it to the next level for me that was yours that was your one that was my one so uh yeah so let's go to uh parasite steve let's change it up uh as i mentioned earlier i'll just stick with that uh my in my head my favorite pinball was always the original jurassic park um and that was data east 1993 um, not a lot to say about it. I played it at Pintastic, um, and it was not 
one of the awesome ones, but I, <laughs> I did really, really remember loving it. And I, I think it was one of the first times I saw like a, uh, like the, the, the dot matrix screen was really like doing some fun animations and stuff. And I, I just was, you know, all about dinosaurs forever. And I loved the original Jurassic park a lot when it came out for sure. Yeah. Um, really, really cool back art like really awesome t-rex just everybody's just kind of running away from it but it's not really that it's not really a movie accurate t-rex it looks like just a, a totally different properties t-rex and uh i don't know there's something about it that i like it's, it's just really really cool but um it does have like a uh, tyrannosaurus rex head that's like a 3d uh, like a, a figure that's in the back and stuff and that moves around and opens its mouth and stuff and it's neat but um that's cool yeah Jurassic Park. Awesome. Uh, all right. So, Nintendo, do you have one? What do you got? Well, oh, uh, well, like I said, like no, earlier in, ep- in the episode, like I was like never like super big into uh, pinball machines. I was always more of an, uh, an arcade kind of guy. And uh, so, playing arcades at a young age, uh, playing uh, pinballs at a, at a young age just wasn't me, I guess. Uh, so, I don't really have an old favorite. But um, I'm going to say uh, for as far as like the, the newer uh, pinball machines, I have to go with Godzilla. Oh, nice. I, I was really surprised at, at how much I, I love uh, this game. Um, it's beautiful. I'm not, I mean, I'm not like the, the biggest Godzilla fan. I mean, I mm. like the character Godzilla, but the movies are like, eh, whatever. Um yeah this game was just fucking fantastic and mm. i was i was expecting to love the the ninja turtles more mm-hmm. was not the case <laughs> at all <laughs> i mean i i liked the ninja turtles game it was fine but i was disappointed in it it just yeah. wasn't as fun as the godzilla one was yep so nice yeah. Yeah, yeah and I mean that Godzilla awesome. one is that's that's in current production um and I I will be definitely talking about that a little later in the show um as well. So I'm glad that you liked it so much. Um honestly, it was it was at Pintastic one of the games that had like, you know, there was 12 of them because they're still producing them and, yeah, and still, whatever. They're still producing them and I, like like I, 20 people at one machine or Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I straight up couldn't get to play it like more than once that day because I I checked back like ten times throughout the day and there was always people at all of them. Yeah. So I was just like, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold my breath. Yeah, here. that the, the stern stuff. section was yeah. in the main big room wow. and they had yep. like they you oh know they God. have all the awesome licenses now. So it's like a, they had twelve Godzillas, twelve Avengers Infinity Wars, twelve like you know Ninja Turtles, a bunch of the Mandalorians, a bunch of yeah. like. All like different, some random like, like Aerosmith ones, and uh, and they had a Rush yeah. pinball, and like they have a new school Jurassic Park one, and uh, yeah, I mean, oh my god, they they Stern pinball is just kicking ass these days, um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'll I'll talk a little bit more about some of the cool stuff they're doing too, um, in a little bit, but yeah, so awesome. Let's uh, let's let's hear from from our retroids. Uh, uh, you know, I can I can go right ahead and read these. Steve, uh, Joe, you guys cool with that? Yeah, I'll just yeah read of course. Them. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So oh, I don't retroid... want to hear from them at all. Well, then sh- then <laughs> stick a banana in it. All right. Oh! 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 Wombo combo. Don't throw uh, me with a bad time. I will. I will. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, we had some some uh, we had about ten people uh, submit some of their favorite pinball machines, uh, new and old or otherwise. So first off, we had a uh, Julie Bennett Hutchings uh, with the pinball machine Xenon, uh, which we had mentioned a little bit earlier due to the artwork there, uh, and that game has a really, I mean, one of the most striking cabinets. I mean, I don't know if you call that for a pinball machine, but holy shit, the 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 kind of like robot alien woman yeah. uh, with like the very like piercing eyes yep. is just like, oh my, like if you see that anywhere in an arcade, it's like immediately I was I was super bummed they didn't have it there. I was looking for it because Me Julie too. mentioned it and I think it looked awesome. Yeah. yeah. I played it at um at Fun Spot in New Hampshire. Oh, I cool. distinctly remembered they had it there and I was I was thrilled to get a chance to play it. Um but uh it's been a while and honestly it's just it's such a kick ass looking looking uh machine so Absolutely. that that's an awesome awesome exciting pick hopefully we'll get to play it someday soon uh we have christine aka mrs parasite with the game heavy metal meltdown uh which i have still not actually seen yeah, in the still wild never ever. i've never seen it no. yeah um there is a you know judas priest song which is pretty awesome mm-hmm. we know about that i think, I think just this is metal now yeah right yeah. it's not it's not heavy um, but yeah, I mean, the heavy metal meltdown is just like these fucking, you know, uh, Van Halen lookalike dudes and Bill and Ted lookalike dudes just shredding ass on a guitar. I mean, it looks really fun. It looks like it would be a fun. I would like, love to see someone self-aware. Shredding ass in general. <laughs> well, you're going to have to play heavy metal meltdown because it's all over it. Nice. Ass shredding. Nice. 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 <laughs> Fucking sweet. Uh Rick Johnson. Uh he says the Guns N' Roses pinball. Um, which is is neat and and funny to me because now thinking about it, I have encountered weirdly few band-based pinball machines. Like there was the new batch that I saw with um Stern. And I know that there's like a bunch of Iron Maiden pinballs out there and you have this Guns N' Roses one, but I don't know. I've just never run into these for some reason. Mm. Um, but that's that's yeah. awesome. Definitely would play that if I had the chance. Uh, Tim O'Connor goes with an absolute classic, The Adams Family, uh, which I have learned today is the number one best-selling pinball machine ever made. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Yeah. It's Absolutely. fucking crazy. Why the fuck is, is the crazy. Adams family able to pull numbers like that? I, I mean, this was one of my favorite all-time oh, classic. It, it is, tables. and honestly, I've talked to so many people, and that's like their, you know, boom, you know, they throw Adam's the gun right down. It's like Adams family <laughs> done. Conversations over. I'm like, I didn't so know weird. Ask what you want. What like what? You want. <laughs> like you, Adams family, psh, like gauntlet down. So I I get it. Like it's a sick sick machine uh i have seen it at a lot of our recent pinball outings um actually i remember there was a great little arcade that um my girlfriend stephanie and i got to go to at weir's beach uh up in new hampshire which is not far from fun spot um but there was one of the boardwalk arcades there and i remembered plunking down some quarters and playing the adams family pinball machine there with her um and that was really fun so Awesome. Great pick. Total classic. Uh, Bobby Knipe Jr. Uh, throws in Freddy a Nightmare on Elm Street pinball, which I imagine is super kick-ass. That, that sounds like it would be really fun. 
Yeah, um, I, I know that sometimes there's an actual like sculpted Freddy above the back of the the cabinet that like looms over you as you play. Uh, that's so cool. But I don't know anything. I haven't I have never seen it in person. I've never played it. Yeah, it it looks, looks awesome. Looks super awesome. Definitely yeah. have to play that. Um so great, super awesome pick. Um I apparently did something wacky and I deleted something. Okay, there we go. Uh, Steve Grieg the second uh, says attack from Mars, which I, you know, I feel you, bruh. Uh, attack from Mars is dope. It's an amazingly cool game as well, um, but it ain't revenge. It ain't revenge. You know, I'm, I, I ain't throwing shade. I ain't getting salty. I'm just saying it's a different game. And, I'm just stating facts. That's really it's just a fact. It's just a fact. Right. Man. It ain't it ain't that. it is not it ain't that game. It, it is a different game. game. It is not. It's, it is, it is not. a it game. Is not the same. Yes. Not uh, game. Yes. But yeah, much much love for Attack from Mars. Um I low key think the Attack from Mars Martians are just one of the most iconic like Martian creatures and it's so weird to me that they are from this pinball machine. Like I feel like if you know you made a pop figure of them, I would immediately yeah. be like, "Oh yeah, Attack from Mars." Oh yeah. And in my head, I'm like, "Oh yeah, you know, from like that movie, no, or like from like that show." Well, the, no. it, it is. It's super reminiscent of the the Metaluta mutant from this island Earth. So the the eyes it, and the brain is. are the yes. same, but just painted green. Yeah. Um, okay. They, and then they, there's also Mars attacks where the aliens had brains, which I think yeah. somehow triggers something. They don't look similar, but like, right. it's, it's a little bit. Right. But for know. sure, the Metaluna mutant is in there, but then they just put a different mouth on it and, and they made uh, him all bulky. Yeah. And his body's his body's different. But I think I think the, the eyes and the brain are like, yeah, Mars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Mars. So I don't know. I mean, that's apparently what even though, and, you know, even though Mars. it was Metaluna. In the, this island, right? Metaluna, no, but you're right. It's uh, you know, Mars attacks is definitely it, it, it has that tenuous connection, too. Um, so yeah, uh, awesome choice, uh, love it. Uh, Brendan Chetwin says Earthshaker, which is a pinball machine I've seen a lot of times and I've never gotten to play. I know there's some level of like v- rumbling vibration gimmick that they do, yes. Um, there was a period of time where like weather was a great theme for pinball like you have like earthshaker and cyclone and hurricane and whirlwind and right. like fucking i don't know tidal wave it's like just just like bad weather was a great theme for uh for pinball machines yeah. but they did fun gimmicks with it so i i gotta respect that yeah. um honestly one of my favorite like weird ass random plays was at was at a free play and that was it was whirlwind and i just i enjoyed playing it but the funnest gimmick was like while you're playing it depending on certain things you do it would activate this like big fucking fan on the top of the pinball yes. machine and it would just like breeze you like it just gave you the breeze and i was like yo straight up this is comfy like i'm in a hot <laughs> arcade i'm sweating my butt off there's a bunch of people standing a bunch of close to me and this fan is just like that's nice <laughs> so I, re- I respected it for that a lot and i was yeah. I, I, I kept wanting to play it because i'm like yo that breeze though that was a good <laughs> uh adam letourneau uh says pinbot uh, unfortunately, we couldn't find that to play, right? We were looking. So they had, Pintastic had had the Bride of Pinbot, 
and then jackbot right right the, yeah third jackbot one. the third one yes yep but no pin bot um which i i just i love and respect the pin bot like trilogy just for doing that like for making a trilogy of pinball machines yeah and yeah in the character alive it's like who gives a shit right but it's it's so fun yeah it's so extra fun and it's really cool and all three um, all three had that spiral uh i don't know what to call it but the spiral vortex ramp that was uh, at the top right i think that's like um, a pin bot thing yes was was that was that pin bot Yes. Pin, yeah. Pinbot was there. Oh, yes, so the, Pin, Pinbot so, was there. Yes. Okay. So then Pinbot was at Pintastic Expo. That's yes. right. So yeah. I remember, Joe, I remember you watching you play it, but for some reason in my head, that no, was I thought, I thought the Pinbot was like the video version. It was the weird, wasn't no, that the one? No. Nope, no, they had it for real. No. They had it for real. I, I watched Joe play it. I uh, yeah. I remember yeah, like the I, I weird got... spiral tower thing. Well, the, yeah. the weird spiral tower, what I'm saying is it's in all three. That's what I'm saying. No, yeah, I, I'm, yes. I'm positive it was Pinbot looking okay. at it now. Um, well, Joe, yeah, Joe I, says so too. So yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, I had pictures of it. So yeah, nice. yeah. So yeah. so maybe what it was is they had Pinbot, and then there was a guy who had Bride of Pinbot, but it was broken. Uh, and then maybe Jackpot wasn't there. I don't know. I, it was it was a whole something. Thing. I'm sure you don't give a shit. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but it was really it was really neat. Uh, and that's a great choice, Adam. Um, Scott Clevenger uh, throws firepower into the fray. Uh, firepower pinball game was, I think, I think we saw it there, but that one was not working. There was two there and neither one was working. It was absolutely insane. And I was really looking for that. I was super bummed about Xenon and firepower. I really wanted to play them both based on the recommendations. And, uh, because I had done some research, um, and like a lot of people consider firepower to be like the best pinball game. And uh, there was a random guy that was playing Grand Lizard that we ended up striking a conversation with. And we were just talking about the non-working firepower. And I was like, yeah, I heard it's like really a great one. I know a couple of people like say it's the best. And he turns around and he's like, well, I certainly do. <laughs> I, know. I know. It's like you weren't sure what he was going to say. And he's just like yeah. emphatically agreeing. You're like, Definitely oh. my favorite. It's great. I have one at home. <laughs> I fix them in my spare time. He turns around and slaps me across the face and says, I think so. <laughs> no, I, well, thanks. I, I appreciate the opinion. Maybe not the violence, but okay. <laughs> slaps in the face just says, well, I, I agree. I like, agree well, I with that. I don't know why all that slapping was about, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, that, so this is like on my short list. Those are both on my short list. Xenon and yeah. Firepower. I got to try them. And, God and Revenge from Mars, because I've never tried it. Oh God, I, I, I want to be there. Uh, so the um, pin, pinball machines of like the seventies and eighties just had some of the best goddamn spaceship artwork. Mm. Like a firepower is, is no um, no slouch. Mm. Really, really awesome designs there. Uh, and then last but not least, we have our our boy Paul Niemeyer, who we mentioned being a, a man of the scene himself. Yes, uh, doing doing and working for Midway and in Williams and and just fucking making rad art then and still making rad art now. Yeah, I don't think he worked for uh, Williams, but Bally Midway for sure. Okay, yes. it was Bally yeah, Bally, Bally Midway. Midway that's what yeah. it was. Um, and 
and and so he actually uh, he chose a game that I'm sure is not a shameless self plug in any way, <laughs> uh, but he chose a pinball machine which is a new school one called Legends of Valhalla, uh, and Paul actually did a, a handful of the sculptures that are featured on the yes. playfield, including which are awesome. Odin on his throne and a pile of skulls, which is not just an awesome fucking running wild song, uh, and uh, and there is uh, I think there's another one I think there's a yeah. couple of ravens too. Uh, it was definitely a third one. I, I can't remember what it is. I can't recall. I played Legends of Valhalla at Pintastic. Uh, there was mm-hmm. one or two machines. Uh, what I will say is that it seemed to there, there kept being issues where the ball would get stuck places, and and it was too yeah. bad because there was there was so much going on that I was like, th- this game is the Assassin's Creed of fucking pinball machines. Like there are quests. There's like npcs there's dialogue like it's a fucking role-playing game (laughs) just masquerading as a pinball machine and uh there was so much there that i kept doing things and activating boss fights and all kinds of shit and i'm like this seems really really cool um i also felt like there was a lot of people who wanted to play it so i kind of just you know had my bunch of goes and then kind of there there was a consistently the entire day from the moment we walked into when we left there was a line the, yeah. the whole day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was in the, the, the big main show floor, you know, with uh with Stern stuff and, and whatnot. But uh yeah, it was it seemed like an awesome game. And uh and Legends of Valhalla is not made by your you know your average pinball producer, it's made by American Pinball, um, which is a company that I was not familiar with. Um, they apparently do have some other pinball machines that they're they've put out. They have a Hot Wheels one, there's uh there's a Houdini one and there's one called Oktoberfest. Um, but the Legends of Valhalla definitely is their newest outing and seems to be the most dope. Uh, so that is super cool. Uh, and that would wrap it up for all of our retroids. Thanks so much everybody for for volunteering your nostalgia and and hell yeah giving us yes. your your best recommendations for pinball games that you love because I think there's just like we can all love our own you know pinball machines or whatever but there's something extra fun about all having the opportunity to play the same machines as each other and and being like you know either comparing high score or just talking about it uh and and being like you know this person has played this same machine. Like you're kind of sharing an experience, but you know, asynchronized, you're not doing it at the same time, but it's just, it's cool. It's like, you know, that this is the exact thing that someone else has, you know, has played and has these great memories for, and you kind of put yourself in their shoes and you, and you go, okay, let's like, let's look at this through the eyes of somebody else who really loves this thing. And I think that's super fun. Uh, so that definitely made going to Pintastic extra fun, trying to look for those. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, great turnout. So really appreciate all that from you guys. Uh, you rock. Hell yeah. So, so hell yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, let us carry right along. Um, we're, yes. we're doing great. Uh, let's, let's keep rocking. So I am going to, I'm going to dive right back in. I'm going to dive right back in and I'm going to mention the Do game it. that uh, that Joe just got to mention that, you know, he really, really enjoyed. And that is the Godzilla game from Stern. Um, they just started manufacturing uh, the, of the game in September of last year, uh, September 2021. Uh, so production is ongoing. You can currently go to the Stern website 
and place an order for a machine. I have thought about it. I'm not doing it, but I've thought about it. And that's crazy because who the fuck does that? Um, you know, the, the I mean, machines nowadays. Some people do. I, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm people asking who the do. fuck does. Do you know anybody who does that? Um, but yeah, so the, the, these pinball machines are so fucking deluxe. Uh, so, I mean, you're, you're talking like the 6,000 and up range. I think I think eight or 9,000 is for oh, the best Oh, yeah. No, I don't think six. I think I think eight six or nine. was I think the one with with just the plastic cutouts and like right. no figures, um, but but anyway, pricing aside, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, this Godzilla machine, I was so fucking excited for. Yes, um, you know, going into Pintastic, I was just honestly thrilled about everything but the the notion of like oh my god i get to play that crazy awesome looking badass new godzilla pinball machine that just came out that like i don't know any up-to-date arcades that would be getting this pinball machine so i just was like i don't know when the hell i'll even get a chance to play right exactly Uh, you know it's like how the hell am i going to get a chance to do that so um it was it was like the first thing that i got to do you know we we like went right in found our way to the stern area and like bam i was playing godzilla in like less than half an hour which was again like the only time of the day i got to do it Uh, same same i never got to play more than once yeah yeah i know uh but so i I played it a few times nice that's that's awesome i mean i i i could have waited i I, I I used that i used that app too the uh for the uh i'm glad yes the qr code thing that they have yeah yeah Yeah. so i'm glad you mentioned that so i i'm definitely going to talk about that uh um so so yeah so godzilla is like the newest in this new renaissance of pinball from cern I mean, they, if the Stern's website is an incredibly, you know, populated up-to-date place, um, Stern is still kicking ass and they are turning Mm -hmm. around games and putting out quality, amazing, you know, products uh, that are like these just amazing, you know, designer collectors items and for games and all this other stuff. Uh, Their pinball machines are just truly works of art. Um, And, and this Godzilla machine is no exception. It is absolutely, you know, just as fun for somebody who's not a huge fan of the movies, like, like Nintendo just said, Um, but it is so fucking fun. If you are into all the monsters in the movies and the there's, there's a full motion, you know, LCD screen that shows all different like clips from various different scenes in the movies. There's, lots of different like events that happen involving different monsters there's tons of miniatures on the you know on the machine whether it's the lower trim model and they're just like the the artwork on like a a plastic cutout or if it's the the more deluxe where you get the full you know 3d sculpted models all throughout it um the field artwork and all of the cabinet artwork are done by zombie yeti uh who is an incredible artist um really really awesome stuff great like sense of extremely saturated vibrant colors but like without looking cheesy like it just looks very rich yeah Yeah. absolutely incredible it's it's so so eye-catching and there was Mm -hmm. there was some great um t-shirts and posters and stuff from pintastic that were done by zombie yeti and jesus christ i just wanted to buy all of them like they looked great uh zombie yeti's website is a really cool place i i was there browsing their uh their portfolio and stuff so definitely check it out i think they sell uh, a variety of merchandise there as well uh so you know great artwork the game was designed by keith elwin um who has designed many of ga- many of the games that are in like this new suite of stern tables including the new jurassic park the avengers infinity quest game iron maiden legacy of the beast and also a pinball game based on the cartoon archer which 
is crazy. Huh. <laughs> why did why does that exist? You know, they, um, did, but, they did have that Iron Maiden game. It was in the corner, but it was well, like it was, it was off. broken or yeah, it yeah. Was broken or something. I really wanted to so play that. So disappointed. Ugh. So disappointed. I really yep. want to play that too. I know. I super wanted to play that game. Um, but yeah, so you know, he's he's done a handful of different ones there. Uh, what Joe was talking about earlier is this Godzilla machine is part of this new online ecosystem that stern pinball has created where the machine itself has a little scanner in the bottom left it's a qr scanner and you go on the stern website you make an account you sign up get your username make your profile do all this stuff and then it'll give you a qr code and so what you do is you pull open the qr you scan it on the pinball machine and then that effectively logs you into the pinball machine and then for that play session or until you you know log it out uh, all of the different things that you accomplish in game, your high scores, different achievements, different, you know, missions or objectives, trophies, all kinds of different shit that you get from playing the physical pinball are recorded and kept track of online through the app. Uh, and I got to be honest, you know, for as cynical as we can all be about, you know, the modern ways of gaming and how there's all these little nuggets and things that keep, you know, people entertained because God forbid you just play something for the sake of playing it. <laughs> I, I will say that this element is super cool. I'm not saying that every game needs to do this, but I am yeah. saying that this makes playing the games that have it really extra exciting like that's so fun to be yeah. able to say okay cool you know it, it kept track that i i did like the the king ghidra multi-ball and i was able to complete that and it gave me you know x amount of points that you can then use on the app to to buy avatars and, and just dumb shit it just all feeds into it but it's just mm. it's just fun it i truly feel like that is such a fun extra layer um, that you don't have to mess with. You could just mm -hmm. play the game and say, fuck it. Um, but I thought that was very cool. There are a number of games that are in their, their new Pantheon that are going to be supporting this feature. Uh, but Godzilla was the only one at Pintastic that currently supported it. Um, so clearly, you know, they're working on it. Um, but yeah, I, I just truly feel like I probably could have played Godzilla Pinball all day. Uh, I'm glad that I didn't. I'm glad that I got to experience a ton of other cool, rare vintage games as well. Um, yeah. But I mean, it, it was a super highlight of the day. Uh, it was it was awesome. So yeah, I can't, right. right. Can't say enough. Very excited about that. Yeah. Also, really, really neat with all of Stern stuff. I'll just real quick, Joe, I'm sorry. Uh, Zombie Yeti, they commissioned him to do like all these versions. There's like so many completely right. different versions of the of the I was gonna say Nintendo of the <laughs> Ninja Turtle version, uh, the Ninja Turtle game, the Infinity War, the Avengers Infinity War game, and the Godzilla. Like they all have like three or four versions, and they are. It's not just the back; it's like the sides are different. It's insane mm, the amount yeah. of artwork that oh, that they man, commissioned from this guy is just mm -hmm. insane um yeah. like like and they are very very different like i'm looking at one one of the backsplashes godzilla is like kind of aiming his fire breath down and then over his shoulders are like all different like uh, enemies you know mecha godzilla gigan mothra and then another one he's pretty much just battling king ghidra like it's so different yep um right. anyway really cool yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Super what, what, duper cool. 
yeah. One of my favorite things was the building. Like, like there are like times where where you can like shoot the ball into the uh, the front doors of the building, and what would happen is it would catch the ball and rise it up to the top floor, up to the roof. Mm-hmm. It'll collect. You can collect up to three balls, and then you activate the the uh, multi ball, oh, and man. just shoots them all out. That's cool it's just, I don't know. It's just really cool. I just Nate, love that. I never, I, that, I never that, got that to do that. Oh, so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> and, and, Sounds awesome. Yeah, I love balls. I love balls. <laughs> yes. uh, all right. Well, speaking of, I, I <laughs> three, love three balls. Of three, Nintendo, three balls. Nintendo, I love balls. Joe, yes. twenty-five. Uh, yes. you, uh, blah, blah, blah. Tell me your pinball. Tell me your pinball. My, you want to hear about my pinballs? Tell me about Yes. It. Your okay. second to last. So yes. My, my yep. second my second to last pinball. Okay, yep. so my second to last pinballs is Avengers Infinity Quest. And nice. um, yeah, I mean, no, I'm not the, the, the biggest you no know, like with guys, like I'm not the biggest fan of like you no know, comic books or whatever. I mean, I like them, they're cool. I like the movies and everything, but uh yeah, I thought this one was pretty fun. Um this was this is still in production. It came out last year in uh I'm sorry uh, a year and a half ago in uh, September of 2020, and uh, let's see here. Uh, it has like a TV screen. Uh, it has played four players, three flippers, four ramps. Um, uh, there's three different versions of this pinball uh, machine. You have the Pro, Premium, and Limited Edition. Um, I'm not sure which one I played. I want to say it was the pro. I could okay. be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, the game was designed by Keith Elwin and uh, the mechanics by Harrison Drake. The software developers were Brett Rubin, Mike Kazvet. Uh, it like, sounds Russian to me. Um, Raymond Davidson. Yes. Rick <laughs> <laughs> and Rick Nagel. Nagel. I guess I'm saying his name wrong. I don't know. Uh, an artwork by Zombie Yeti. There we go again. Zombie oh, Yeti. Yeah. Um, animation by Chuck Ernst and Joshua Clay. The sounds by Jerry Thompson and music by Ken Hale. So yeah, which it's really cool. Um, there's some mechanics to this game where you can like kind of like with the the, the Deadpool arcade where you, you uh, still like a like a like a fighting game type thing like on the screen. But you can choose between uh, two different heroes to fight uh, whatever villain you unlock to, to battle or something. I think you could like choose which infinity gem you're going after. Yes, yes, yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I think the uh, let me see. Uh, um, and the modern, all models feature a gravity defying Avengers Tower magnetic block ramp with gravitational very targets and magnetic holds capturing pinballs in Ooh. midair as players unlock iron man multi-ball that sounds like some magic right so there. much magic oh my god no, in addition to that sounds real i don't know if it is real i've never seen it before <laughs> oh my god me neither I heard hence my internet. suspicion i heard on the internet so it must be true must be must be in addition to distinct hand-drawn artwork, all mo- all models feature an Avengers computer bingo grid, three target drop bank, a Thor captive ball, Hulk spinning target, custom intricate wire form ramps, and three full-size flippers. The premium and limited edition models feature an, an interactive Doctor Strange motorized pop-up disc scoop, 
tra transporting pinballs into an underground portal, a visible subway capable of holding and staging up to three balls through custom play, play field windows, accentuated with dynamic RGB lighting effects. These models also include a custom sculpted Thanos Infinity Gauntlet integrated in with atmospheric light-up gems, a Captain Marvel inverse gravity custom wireform ramp, and a in a PYM PYM Laboratories vertical up kicker. I guess I don't know what what PIM is. Oh, it's, oh, it's Hank, Hank, Hank Pym. Well, it's Ant Man. It's Ant Man. Oh, oh, see, I don't know anything. Um, I just the, play. I just play. And I just watch. I yeah, this was another table that was really like, uh, you know, there's a million of them, but there were lines all day. I definitely played uh, yeah. it. Yeah. I, I yeah, played it a like, few times. It was fun. It was fun. Ver yeah, it was fun. That's and it comes with one year of Sports Illustrated. Uh, <laughs> People Magazine. Your subscription to People <laughs> Magazine and Time <laughs> and a subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, the the game the game looked uh badass but again yeah it's just it was so yeah. popular i couldn't get near it yeah i think i played it a couple times and i liked it a lot i thought it was really cool yeah like, the, you know, one of those newer games are like super mm -hmm. busy super fucking busy and tons of tons of yeah. bullshit going on yeah i'm just a sucker for like ramps and uh the the grid bridges right Right, the cool ass, just like you know, pathways and loops and ramps and stuff that the yeah. balls can just, travel know, around. It's something, it just about looks like, awesome. like, something about like, like shooting a ball into like one of those little wired bridges is like so satisfying. I don't, I don't know, especially when you launch it wicked fast and it just goes like, and it just it takes yeah. the turn like so fucking quick. You're like, wow, <laughs> right, it's right. just awesome. It's yeah. it's wicked super fun, fun. super fun. fun. Uh, sweet, very colorful, Our... very, very colorful. Uh, yep. Artwork, uh, the playing field is beautiful. Yeah, love, mm -hmm. love it. Yeah, Zombie Yeti, absolutely bomb ass style. I have the Godzilla Zombie Yeti artwork as my wallpaper uh, on my computer awesome. right now because it's just it's fucking awesome. Yeah, he's great. Um, so great. It's, All right, it's it's the breath. It so is. It's, the, it's, the, it's that hot. Uh, you know, blue. What is it? Uh, like the fucking chill zone thing. At the oh, I'm still on straight fire. I don't know. Oh, straight fire? I don't know. Uh, uh, it's that, too. It's that, too. Uh, Parasite Steve, tell us, I, tell us about your third pick. Okay, my third pick, my third pick um, is a game that I had never heard of, and it is straight fire, and I love it so much. It's definitely, definitely in my top five, and I would love to own it someday. It is a game called Sorcerer. It's manufactured by Williams. Yes. Designed by Mark Ritchie, art by Pam Erickson, date of manufacture, March 1985, production run of 3,700 units. Um, it was the second best selling pinball of 1985. Oh, hot shit. That's pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, real quick, I mean, three flipper game. It's one of those, one of them three flippers. It's a, it's a tri-flip. Um, yeah. and it, it was the first game that I played that day that had the lane change feature, um, which reminded me of it. I'm like, Oh my God, that's right. I, I, I forgot how much I love lane change. Um, so anyway, uh, really, really just made it more fun with me. So again, mm -hmm. my favorite things tend to be aside from a crazy brand new, like, like you said, with speakeasy has, the jackpot. That's just such a good example of a crazy the roulette wheel. Thing. Yeah. Oh, the 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 roulette wheel. 
Is it's not is it roulette? Is yeah, it's a roulette wheel. Roulette wheel. Okay. So yeah, that's such just such a good example of of that sort of a thing. Like, but yeah. Uh so it doesn't have anything like that, but it it does have the other two things that I love so much. So anyway, uh really gorgeous artwork in my opinion. I love, love, love the look of this whole table. It has this evil wizard, the sorcerer. He's on the backsplash, he's on the table, he's uh he's really just kind of a, he was a little goofy, but he's he's badass. I I personally I, I dig it. Um, there are two different versions of this game um, uh, that are very very subtly different. It's really just the color scheme, and I guess they don't even it's not it, it's not even named different. Usually there's like oh it's the limited edition and the pro version like like Joe was saying. This is literally just something in 1985. Like I really wonder what the deal is but sometimes his robes if you look at the picture of the the sorcerer on the actual table sometimes his robes are blue and pink sometimes they're like purple and red it's or purple weird. and pink and blue and red that's what it is uh just kind of weird i don't know but i love 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 the look of this thing i swear to god like it's if it's not the evil sorcerer it's like these just skeleton dragons just everywhere and yeah. um it's it's just i don't know it was sometimes you don't know why you love something. Sometimes it's like, I can't put my finger on why right. I love it this so just, much. It's just nailing it for it. You. Just, yeah. It just absolutely did it for me. I, again, it has the two small things, the, the lane change and it has the third flipper, but there was the whole experience was there for me. I very much enjoyed it. And it's really cool. The, uh, the back of the table. So not the, not the, like the backsplash glass artwork that's on top, but the back of the table in the glass that you couldn't touch you know what i mean like back there there's usually nothing there in tables but this actually had um a section where the sorcerer's eyes would light up so it actually looked like there's just darkness there but when you did certain things the eyes would actually glow and then sometimes they would just flash and it was really cool there was yeah. a there was a lot of just really good use of lighting in this table and yeah. uh loved it absolutely loved it to me in my heart sorcerer is is like way way up there and i had never even played it before i'd never even heard of it i did not know about it um it was one of the many games that i fell in love with like head over heels just because we just played it recently like yep awesome yeah, it had like yeah. such an awesome impression on you yep and uh it was just so cool out of nowhere based on nothing yep excellent artwork great effects the lightning yep. effect is cool as shit uh that really yeah. does look awesome mm -hmm. um and yeah you know it's uh it was it was a pinball machine that i was doing i was looking up you know to see kind of how much it's worth or if anyone was selling it and uh and there was another pinball machine called like wizard or something that okay. was just like so similar thematically that it was just frequently like the word sorcerer was attached like in the listing or whatever and so i just kept finding the wrong pinball um so i, I you know i was having a hard time even locating you know uh like any auctions of it for sale but uh, it's super cool. Mm -hmm. Really, really neat. Yeah. And God just captures that awesome, like mid eighties art style. Yes. That's, so that's the thing. It, it is so evocative. It's so perfectly that, that time yep. period. Um, yep. the look of it. That's definitely, it also uh, real quick. It also did have um, 
it had a a little bit of a feature that they came up with. Uh, they ended up calling it the demon feature. And it was something that, I don't know, I think it's only for this game, but it's, there's a demon bonus. Okay, this is what it says. The demon bonus lamp lights up, lights up upon completion of spelling the word sorcerer. So it's kind of like the embryon thing. And when you complete, complete, complete that, the drop target bank at the top right of the play field. Um, oh, no, it says, so do that. And then it says completing the drop target bank at the, at the top right of the play field when demon is lit will then activate the bonus hold for the next ball. So what, what it does is, is um, it, if you, I think, I think, I think it essentially gives you like a free ball because it's a holdover ball and it's some, something that was unique about that table. I'm not really sure. It was enough that they had to name the feature um, the ball holdover thing. And they called it the demon feature. And there's a funny anecdote on a, on IPDB that I won't bother sharing, but it was just the guys basically saying how their boss was yelling at them. And they're like, I don't give a shit what you, what you call it. You got to call it something uh, kind of funny, but anyway, so yes, that's, that's sorcerer. Awesome. Sorcerer in the books. Uh, really cool one. Uh, I feel like sorcerer was your embryon. Uh, it was just like a fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Right. New to us really like old, super, just weird and cool and special. Mm-hmm. And just like, just immediately is like boom yeah straight to the top straight yeah to the top. and and honestly grand lizard was probably my second favorite mm-hmm. of the day mm-hmm. but yeah grand lizard was yeah. was really a sleeper hit uh, i'm glad joe that you had mentioned it because i was having a hard time i was like shit i really want to mention that um so that was great uh all right so we're now on our final choices here uh i am gonna go with a a fairly known safe bet but it's just way too cool not to mention uh and that is the twilight zone uh pinball machine by bally uh by bally uh in in may of 1993 uh this game had an insane run uh 15,230 oh my god fucking abstract like just astronomical um it it's really no surprise this game was in just about every shape and form the follow-up to the adams family machine um you know you had the the game was designed by pat lawler who was the guy behind the you know number one best-selling pinball machine adams family uh and then uh, the artwork was done by john Yusey, who also did the artwork for Adam's family, as well as uh, Medieval Madness, Revenge from Mars, Jackbot, and Whirlwind. Wow. So I don't know if you've been paying attention, but three of those games are games that are uh, that are, are ones that I've mentioned, and uh, and I'm now realizing that I actually haven't gotten to mention Medieval Madness yet. Uh, so I'll make sure to to have a footnote at the end of that. Yeah, you loved Medieval that Madness. One. I truly did. It was a fucking blast. I did not expect to like that so much. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, great artwork by John Yusey. Uh The Twilight Zone is actually the the game that made me double check my facts uh the twilight zone is another wide body machine uh made by bali uh even though certain sites were saying that the embryon was the final one in 1981 uh but this run of wide body machines were marketed slightly differently uh they were not called wide bodies they were called super pin uh at the time (laughs) of release and that was essentially just a cool stupid marketing term to to basically mean it's a wide body um but yeah it was a super pin you know it's so super because it's wide Uh, but honestly i i didn't 
I didn't even really acknowledge that it was a wide body machine. Um, I honestly double checked it like three or four places online to make sure. And it, it is, it's a wide body, but there's so fucking much stuff going on in this game that, it's like it's it's like what we said about the new school ones being so you know hyperactive with all the different elements and and that's really fun too um but twilight zone is like one of the first like it's older you know 93 uh it's certainly not you know made current like it's not a current machine uh but older machines that had so goddamn much different stuff going on that i wasn't even sure how to get to stuff like how to access parts of the of the field. There was just a ton of things there. Um, so I was reading some of the features on this machine and they, I mean, there was a ton of neat stuff I didn't get to do. Uh, so there is in the field, there is a gumball machine uh, and you can apparently hit the gumball machine and load it up with like four different pinballs and then it will dispense the pin, the, the balls out for your multi-ball. Except there is a really unique aspect to this multi-ball uh the multi-ball will dispense one special white ceramic ball which is called the power ball and it plays totally different from the chrome balls um it has totally different physics it's much lighter it ricochets off things much much faster and easier uh so the the play with that one particular ball is so different um, I think that's really cool. And apparently there's a, a feature where if you are able to get that white power ball back into the gumball machine, uh, it activates some some crazy huge bonus uh, and, and, and does a whole bunch of other shit. But I just I, I thought that was awesome. And I didn't even see that when I played it. Um, the, uh, the you know, the whole game is just you know, littered with cool, fun references from the show. And, you know, the Twilight Zone has, you know, for a long time been one of my favorite, like, pieces of of kind of, like, older vintage TV. Like, I, I just, I love the Twilight Zone. It's just awesome. Uh, and uh, and so there's a lot of different things to, to kind of check out, a lot of different references in there. Uh, there is a section of the board that is an upper play field um, that I could never get into. In Parasite, I remember you also played this and we're like how the hell do i get up there yeah i didn't know how to do it i could not figure it out i could not get up there but apparently uh once you get the ball over there it will activate not a magnet save but there are two different panels up there that have magnet features in them that only become active once the ball goes up there and you use the magnets to guide the ball left or right um depending on where you want it to go super cool there's um there's a clock on on the field that's this big 3d modeled clock and it, uh, you know has hands that that turn and stuff and it's just very eye-catching um and there's all kinds of different like hidden chambers and hidden you know sections and ramps and just all sorts of shit uh really it was it was the pinball machine that i kept wanting to play because i just wanted to see what other cool stuff i might trigger along the way because i could just tell i'm like there's so much going on here there's so many different things i 
I'm clearly not very good at this, but I just want to keep keep trying to see what else I can activate. I even read that there's um there's a little like a a a little robot or a little mech that at some point, depending on how your your ball lands, will like pick it up and bring it somewhere else. And I don't know. There, there's there's some other element that I I don't even know about. So it seems like the game that just keeps on giving. There's so much there. Clearly, it was a very popular game with over fifteen thousand units being made. Seriously. Uh, unbelievable i could unbelievable. not could not swallow that number that's crazy uh but definitely a very cool game beautiful to look at so much to do there uh it would be an absolute welcome addition you know if, if that was the pinball machine that i ended up getting i would be thrilled it's such a cool piece of you know americana for sure. Awesome. for sure for sure um Real quick, I will just mention uh, Medieval Madness uh, was the other one of the other games that John Yusey did the artwork for. Medieval Madness was a game I got to play at uh, the Free Play Arcade in Worcester. Um, I actually honestly only walked up to it because it just happened to be there was nobody playing it at the time. It was right next to a to Attack from Mars, which I was trying to wait to get a chance to play. So I figured I'd try some Medieval Madness. Um, I ended up having so much fun with that game. I am just incredibly happy i i took the second to to give it a shot it has a you know classic medieval fantasy style there's castles there's orcs there's goblins there's all that kind of shit um but the game does some really fun unique things the main gimmick that you're trying to do is you're just trying to destroy these castles over and over again and as you keep destroying more and more castles you get bigger bonuses and yada yada uh the way that they make it really fun is that the back of the play field has this big you know castle with a drawbridge you've got to hit the drawbridge x amount of times with the ball in order for the drid for the drawbridge to drop then it allows you to actually enter a second little area of the table where like the castle is and the castle is inside there and every time you hit the castle with the ball it's like this it's this rubber molded castle with four towers on each corner of the castle but each tower is like a separate piece. And so every time you would hit the castle, it would like all of the towers would explode outward on like these mechanical arms, like a cartoon explosion. Like, you know, it just got rocked by a, a huge cannonball or something. And uh, it was super fun. It was super funny to just see it like, you know, blasting around and doing all this, you know, movement. And uh, there was some extra fun uh, little events that would happen where like goblins or orcs or whatever would like, they would pop out of these little uh, hidden compartments that were all over the field. And like, you could hit them for points or they might, you know, pop up where your ball is and disrupt it and like launch it in a weird place. Um, it, this game had a lot going for it. It was, it was very fun. And, you know, I'll just kind of leave it at that, but I, I really enjoyed medieval madness totally, totally by accident. Um, so that was a great one. Twilight zone was a great one. Pinball rules. Fuck yeah. Awesome. San Dimas High School yeah, football yeah. also rules. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo uh, let's 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 get this uh yeah, let's, let's get this let's, last Let's keep it brief. Years. We got two more and then uh then a B segment and then we're done. We're done yep, yes. so let's do it. So my final pick is Pinbot. And you know, our good friend Adam Turno had mentioned it for one of his picks. So yeah. I think this is cool to talk about this game yeah um so this game was released by williams in october of 1986 and it was designed by python again python uh and galho and uh barry ausler and uh the what i love about this game is like it, it has that that quest element to it 
where you have to advance through the planets of the solar system and you start you start at pluto and your goal is to reach the sun and you have to uh in order to advance you have to uh hit specifically marked targets earning special bonus bonuses throughout the game or whatever um and the, the main feature is a grid of light in the center of, of the of the field just below uh the 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 pin bot that that centerpiece that's on top mm-hmm. yeah uh, the player can uh you can fill this grid by hitting the targets above it and and to the right of it once you do that uh the the visors open up and you can lock two balls in there into the robot's eye sockets, and which starts a two-ball multi-ball mode. Uh, while that's going on, you can relock one of the balls and use the other one to score like like jackpot points or whatever. We uh, we should uh, use the ramp, which I love ramps, love them. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And uh, both balls will go back into play. So it's just an ongoing thing. And each shot up the, the left ramp increases the, the, the bonus value until you end up collecting it. And the jackpot is carried over between games, which I think is pretty cool. Hmm. That is cool. Really cool. And uh, it features a spiral ramp, which serves as a skill shot from the plunger and a, uh, a mini play field at the solar ramp exit, which can feed the ball to the right in lane, the plunger, the pop bumpers, or uh, directly back into the play field and uh yeah i i spent a lot of time a lot of time on this game i took a picture of my score and again i hit like over a million on, on that one <laughs> it, it was just so much fun yeah I'll, nice i'm not gonna look i'm not gonna look for the picture now so you can grab mm. it, but, um, yeah it, the game has some quotes which is I am your control. I know I am in your control. Partial link up. Now I see you. Shoot for for solar value, energy transfer, <laughs> and and we control what? the universe. <laughs> Did you just say we control the uterus? Yes, that's what I thought you said. Okay, no, yeah, that's why I said booty twap. <laughs> booby twap. It's it's the bride of Pinbot. With the uterus, he's got a very efficient uterus. <laughs> so efficient, so, so chrome-plated uterus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. why Oh, and uh, also this game was—I uh, I did say it was from Williams. Uh, so the uh, yeah. the production was twelve thousand and one. Oh, okay. So it seems like a lot, a lot of the ones we're mentioning tonight are in that twelve thousand range. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. not all of them, but you know, it seems like, it seems like that that was a, a standard amount for like a, a decent run, like a mm-hmm. a pretty yeah. decent like run, a, like a pretty decent. What was what was uh, Twilight Zone again? Fifteen thousand. So yeah, it's like yeah. man, that was yeah. so much. But hey, you know, it was a it was a popular license, but right yeah that's cool was, that's cool this, itself. Was, this, this was also a nes game too pinbot pinbot yeah yeah yes i i, don't think I, I at least i don't remember playing it so i guess maybe it was the bride of pinbot that they didn't have then because i know they had two i saw bride of pinbot but that was definitely not working mm, it was it maybe was broken oh, yes. okay so that's it yes, they so had all three 
That's right. Y- you were playing one of them. I'm assuming that was the the, the uh, jackpot. I did try the two that they had. So yeah, must have must have been jackpot and the original pin pinbot. I, yeah. I have to I have to say because it's me. Uh, jackpot, really? Well, it's a joke on jackpot. Yeah, it's not still. that you're jacking off the robot, Joe. But still. But Still. that's what you're gonna. Think. I mean, your brain goes there, think. but they that's are why. Going... That's why I said because it's me. Because it's you. Because it's me. Right. It's you. Well, I'm not gonna <laughs> say that that you. wasn't the first thing I thought of, per se, but that is clearly what they're going for. Yes. Because <laughs> it has like a uh, it has a casino theme too. I think there's a. I think there might be a roulette wheel on the back splash for jackpot. Yeah. Oh damn ski! But they didn't oh, get the big bucks to make a roulette wheel. And uh, fun fact: this game was supposed to be a Metroid game, and uh... or just just get out of town. Just okay, everybody up. knows that Embryon would have been the one to have to try to be a. a, a, a... You know, your, your lies are getting worse, Joe. I'm not <laughs> even right now, okay? Oh my god, he's so flustered. <laughs> he's flustered. <laughs> Why are you gonna play me like that, brah? Yo, don't play me like that. So don't play me, bro. Okay. Don't play me like that. All right, uh, Parasite like Sven. Yes. Sven, you want to yes, you want to take us home, there, Sally? <clears throat> yes, I'll take you home there, uh, uh, Regina. <laughs> All right, thanks, Barbara. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my final pick is my I think my only licensed one that I that I chose tonight. Uh, it's X Men. And there are three versions of the X-Men table. Uh, This was manufactured by Stern Pinball, but it was kind of like not in their heyday. This was back in 2012 and the artwork was not Zombie Yeti. They did have three versions of it, as I said, but there there aren't like quite as many differences and as what they're doing now. I think they've just kind of exploded with it. But art by Kevin O'Connor, Stephen Jensen, and there's definitely some classic comic book art in there, too. I think there's some Jim Lee I definitely saw. But um, weirdly, I could not find the production run of this. Uh, I it was not on uh, any of the websites we mentioned, and I even did Google searches and it says unknown. Like, I don't know why that's possible, but um, so the standard edition of the X-Men table is just called X-Men pro. And, um, but that's not the one I played. The one that they had at Pintastic was the Wolverine limited edition. Um, So the, there are a few differences. The main is that the X-Men pro, the back artwork is uh, basically a shot of like all the X-Men. Yes. Wolverine is front and center, but it's got all the X-Men there. Um, and the cabinet itself, the metal brackets that are holding the outside of the cabinet together are black. And in the Wolverine version, they are blue. And the third one is the Magneto limited edition. And that one, they're red. So oh, that's like the outside. And obviously the backsplash is totally different. The Wolverine one that we saw was uh was very cool uh i i actually like the magneto one the least i think they just chose kind of a weak image for uh for for it but um but yeah anyway uh uh so it's a game that has three flippers again love it tons of x-men are featured on the board on the table uh sometimes some of them are ramps some of them are uh like targets and various other features. Some of them are just kind of around. There are uh, two molded speed ramps and custom 
Wolverine and Magneto figurines, like the top half of the body, are actually awesome. part of the part of the table. There's also a spinning Cyclops target and a unique. Uh, it's like a post ball lock that they did. It's like some something about it is unique. It's positioned directly under Magneto. Uh, also, uh, Magneto has um, the ability to magnetically affect your ball. He can actually hold your ball. So the magnet's underneath the table, obviously, but it looks like his hand is actually holding your ball. It's pretty, yeah. pretty That's awesome. Sweet. Nice. And there's a bunch of um, there's a bunch of villains that are down at the bottom. And it's kind of like, Joe, what you were saying with um, the Avengers game where you actually can choose like who you're going to fight. Yeah. Um, so there's a bunch of different villains. And the screen that that is up there is. It's very cool. You know, I, I try to not let the screen affect my opinion of it. Like the there's also a Deadpool game by Stern that I loved playing. I thought it was very, very fun. And th- it's like the animations were almost too good. They, they made it look like a classic 2D like Street Fighter type fighting game um, where Deadpool's actually like fighting whatever guy you're going against. And it's like it's like, yeah, but now I want to look at that. Right. So right. I don't I don't want it to be that good. Like I just want to pay attention to the damn game, which is why I just like the older 80s stuff. But anyway, it was cool. It, it's not as good as the the Deadpool per se as far as the animations go, but there's some cool stuff. A lot of a lot of characters will get shout-outs and they have little animations. Anyway, pretty fun. So the limited edition versions, both Wolverine and Magneto, um, Aside from the different art, aside from the different color brackets, they also have some actual like physical changes with the the table and not just like with the Godzilla where the Godzilla has figures versus flat, you know, printed characters. This actually is like pretty awesome. But the version, it was like a few thousand dollars more, but it has color changing LEDs that the original doesn't have. There are pop up night crawlers. Which, as a Nightcrawler fan, of course I want that. Because well, previously, Nightcrawler's in a few places on the board, but it's supposed to be like he's teleporting around, so he's in a few places. Yeah. Um, but these actually will will pop. You can make them pop up. They start, and they're up, so you see that they're there. But when you're about to start, they, they disappear into the table. So uh, you actually have to make them pop up. It's pretty freaking neat. And that was the version I got to play. So Also, there's an additional magnetic gimmick there's a spinning disc near where magneto is and it's it's going i think all the time but maybe it's something you activate but yeah i mean it's in the middle of where your ball's gonna literally like f- fly where you whatever where your balls are flying magneto's like well i want some of that i want a little taste of them balls so he's like come on come hither he says with his not with his mouth, he does it with his magnetic powers. He says, "Come hither." His, his magnetic. Yeah, yes. it's the magnetic power saying it's as if it's saying it. It's not literally saying. It's it, you similar, know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's similar. Yeah. And but but as far as you know, you playing the game, it's it's honestly really neat. Like you'd think it might be just annoying because it changes the trajectory of your ball, but I don't know. It was like a special thing about this version about this table. It was, it was really cool. It's like, well, it's Magneto. It, it makes makes perfect sense. sense. And like, it would fly, not necessarily like it never happened to me that it affected me. 
it affected effectively killed me. Like that never really happened. It just sort of sent it in a different direction that I wasn't expecting. It's, it's not like, Oh God, keeps throwing it down in the middle. And yet, you know, I lose it every time that never really happened. Um, I'm sure that could happen, but um, it wasn't like, Oh, for crying out loud, every single fucking time. a magnet that, that would ruin it. That would like kill it for me. But no, it, it wasn't really like that. So I really liked the magnetic elements to the game and the fact that there was two made it really great. Um, there's also an extra slide that they added for for that one that's motorized and it's supposed to be Iceman's slide and it uh, it it shoots the ball like really, really fast. It like rockets it from one side to the other. Um, and I read that it's only like that's a specific thing that they added for the limited editions, but it's weird. Like the pictures that I saw seemed to both have it but one had like a little extra component that was clearly the motor that was the the piece that was actually physically shooting your ball as opposed to just your flipper has yeah. shot it up there yeah. um but anyway so i'm not really 100 sure but that's what i had read i read that the Iceman slide was added but i don't know i think it's more likely that it was there but now it's like rocketed you know it's more mm-hmm. fast they, they you know it up you know it's the motorized one but anyway um that's really that uh it was just a game that i had a lot of fun with and uh, i love the x-men and i love comics and honestly of all the millions of like you know i played so many star wars games that day i played so many uh marvel games that day like all different ones there are so many they've made over the years and i don't know like I like part of me wanted to say that the Deadpool game was better than the Wolverine one, but I I don't know. I I think I liked X-Men the best out of all of them, including the Stern Avenger. Uh, Yeah. The Avengers Infinity War that you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think that the it's, I thought it was called Wolverine. It looked like it was Wolverine, but it turns out it's X-Men. I thought that was the best of the bunch of, of those. And I just a couple honorable mentions since this is my last one. I wanted to mention this game called Sea Witch, which was just very unique, a very uh, feminine pool table, had like a lot of wave crashing wave sound effects, very different, kind of a minimalist table, not a lot to do, but very cool looking, really, really pretty uh, blue table. Uh, Deadpool, again, awesome. Also, Star Star Wars The Mandalorian was was probably my favorite star wars game that i played even though i was hell bent to to like decide on a classic older one but i don't know like i liked them all but i really did enjoy the mandalorian i thought it was really great and also just another quick mention i mentioned earlier but fire with the excellent with the exclamation point fire uh, god i really liked that that one if i had picked a fourth it, it would probably be fire i really enjoyed that one but anyway uh that's 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 it that's my last pick so hope nice. you guys Hell enjoyed yeah. all, all these freaking tables that we just rattled i don't know if it's actually interesting to listen to or not but it was fun to talk about that's for sure it certainly was so if you mm-hmm. didn't enjoy it we don't care it's too late we too already did it tough shit you listen tough to it anyway shit. phil tough conti crab apples <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> phil conti you're still here we know it yeah, Adam Letourneau. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's 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 totally well, like shame shame our biggest yeah, fans so, right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. But, 
Oh yeah. All right. So what else we're doing? What else we doing here? Uh, what the fuck else we're doing? We're not doing a goddamn other thing. At least not all of us are. (laughs) Uh, there may in fact be one more little bit of scrumptious tid tidbit. uh, Tidbittery. I was I was gonna say that, and I'm like, that sounds weird. I'm like, tid tidbittery. I wish you would say. Uh, uh, fuck it. Uh, so anyway, uh, we got one more thing for you to sample. Um, and uh, and so. We're gonna just we're gonna just do it. Uh, we're just gonna go there. Uh, we're almost. It's almost. That's what it is. I'm sorry. It's it's season four. Okay. It's season four. I'm I'm just. I gotta shake out the shake out the you know the cobwebs. It's been a whole two weeks. Um, it's almost time to catch that horizon. Uh, you 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 guys know this. Um, but before we say goodbye, let's go to this. Hey, you like old games? Yeah, yeah. So do we. But the thing is, there are new games that actually play like their old games, but they're new. Anyway, it's time to check one of those out. This is Retro Nouveau. Hey, everybody. Parasite Steve back in the mic. So I have a Retro Nouveau for you. First B segment of season four. Holy. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there's so much pressure. So much pressure. I recently played a new game that plays like an old game that I loved the ever living crap out of this was brought to my attention by our retroid harry carvalho i knew about the game but i just had no idea that it had released on uh next gen systems i thought it was just like a steam thing but uh it in fact did release on uh playstation that week the week we were literally talking about something else and then harry's like yeah i love the game too record of lotos war deedlet in wonder labyrinth what a title what, what a title. title. Mm-hmm. So Record of Lodos War, for those who might not know, was uh, like kind of what I consider to be a classic anime. It's uh, from the I, I think it's from the 90s, but um, it's a fantasy like, you know, D&D style uh, story. And uh, yeah, uh, this it, it's basically a dead property. Like, I feel like kids who love today's anime that are like kind of young they don't know what this is this is not something that exists anymore like Mm -hmm. nothing lotus war comes out at all so this was just like clearly a fan thing that like they just loved this and love this character and just decided like fuck it we're gonna make a a deedlet game who who is the uh the female elf character who kind of became like one of the most popular definitely like the morrigan of of lotus war that's that's what i was just thinking yeah she's you know morgan from darkstalkers became like the poster child of darkstalkers well deed lit became the poster child for for record of lotus war and uh this is a 2d metroidvania style game that plays very much like symphony of the night castlevania symphony of the night really more than usual even other games that have been compared to symphony really aren't quite as symphony as this game is but that's not to say that it's just, you know, it, it's not bringing anything new to the table either. Uh, it's it, it's a very, very fun game. Um, it would be a great Castlevania game, period. But they added two things that I think are worth mentioning, uh, two neat game mechanics. Um, one of which is you have your swords and your weapons and your slashing attacks that you can do. Um you know, Alucard had two hands, so you could equip two different swords. She only has the one, but you also have um, your bow. You have a bow and arrow. And so you can you can upgrade and get a, 
a million different weapons throughout the game, just like in most Castlevanias, Metroidvanias, um, and stuff like that. But, you know, and each one looks completely different on the screen, which is half the fun, really. Uh, You know, some of them are found in chests and rooms, and some of them are like, you know, in the shop only, and then other ones are enemy drops, and uh, some of them are very rare and very hard to get. You got to kill a billion of, you know, whatever enemy it is before you finally <laughs> get the damn thing. Sure. But um, yeah, so you can shoot the, the air, you can shoot arrows like in any direction and aim them. And sometimes you have to do solve puzzles by ricocheting arrows um, off certain like, you know, angled platforms and, you know, bounce it in a certain trajectory and get it just right to like snip an arrow uh snip a rope at the end or whatever and then something will drop and the gate opens and you can get through it and there's lots of stuff like that there's they they use it in a lot of ways it doesn't feel like a throwaway mechanic it's it's very much incorporated throughout the entire game so there you have the bow and arrow that's really fun and then you also have this neat magic system where she in the in the in the cartoon her main thing was uh wind she would sometimes it's it felt like she was praying really but she's like kind of doing a spell and she's like kind of beseeching the spirit of wind to help her and do various things and um in this she has the powers of wind and also fire so it's neat because you can switch between wind and fire and her colors actually will change so normally she has a blue cloak and that's the wind and when you switch to the green cloak she's actually equipped with fire and uh you know basically your attacks are imbued with the different the different magic certain enemies are only weak to one or the other um but also it's it's really cool because there are like obstacles throughout the game that are like magical things that are either red or blue might be a like a pillar of flame or a pillar of blue flame or whatever like that and for you to pass through you need to be the matching color so you know they start to get kind of clever with it and later there will be sections you got to walk through where you have to like really switch between the colors and get them right so as you know you're passing through the right thing at the right time otherwise it knocks you back and uh and there are also bosses that really use this too so if the boss is firing you know red i say red it's really orange so like orange is fire so if they're firing like an orangey thing or a blue thing and you're switching into the right the right magic then you're not going to get hit it's going to actually kind of it gets absorbed and uh and gives you magic there's also a you know a magic gauge that you you use for stuff anyway um I would say that it's it's just an amazingly good Metroidvania. If you know nothing about Record of Lotus War, but you love Symphony of the Night, I would suggest definitely picking up Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth. Um, and if you are if you happen to be a weird old person who liked anime back in the 1990s, then I also, uh, you know, recommend watching Record of Lotos War because it's amazing. And the funny thing is the three of us just happened to rewatch it for the first time in like 20 freaking years, like this year. It was like a few months ago. We just all went through the whole yep. thing. Yep. Uh, totally random. But just to, uh, just to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's been yeah it's, it had been so long. It had been so long. 
so <clears throat> really really cool but if you if you're a fan of the old anime obviously this is this is 100 for you like just just get it um but yeah deedlet in wonder labyrinth uh i give it uh two uh, no, I see. I usually come up with like a, a unit of measure, and I that matches the thing. And I haven't thought about that. Shit. About four parns out of five. Uh, does your mother know that you're looking at parn? <laughs> I hope so. Well, does uh, she? Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it a. I'll four and a half parns out of five. That's what okay. I'll, I'll give it a chicken parn out of five. And I and I'll throw in like half a spark just on top of that. <laughs> I'm not going to explain that reference. <laughs> But that's you all go. you need. That's you all go. you need. Uh, awesome. Perfect. Beautiful. Fuck yeah. Awesome. We are here at the at the end of our season four uh, introduction. Uh, we weren't sure we'd be here. Who knew? I mean, at the beginning of season three, could we have said for sure there'd be a season four? I don't know. But here the fuck we are. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've done it. We tried so, to quit you guys before, but it just doesn't work. I just can't quit you. It doesn't I just can't. Uh, I just can't. Uh, so uh, we are thrilled to be uh, right back at it again. Um, the you know the small break that we took was great for the holidays, and we are just excited to be right back at it. Uh, yes. So before we we cap this thing off, I'll give anybody a chance to uh, promote anything that they have going on if they if they would like. Um, I. Um, yeah, well, I have a YouTube channel, which is Nintendo 25, and I just recently uh, uploaded a, a video for the first time in a very long time. Sure um, did. It's not doing very well, but that's expected. I'm a small channel. Um, it's on the music comparisons of the Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, and Hyperstone Heist on the first levels of each game called Turtle Swing. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like both versions, and uh, you know, check it out. Yeah, yep. Uh, I, I, oh, yeah. you know, I write books sometimes. Uh, go check out Steve Van Samson. Samson is spelled with no P. It's Samson, and uh, you know, check out my books. I got some uh, cool books out there. If you like vampires, uh, I got the Bone Eater King and Marrow Dust. And if you if you like sword and sorcery, like Record of Lotus War, you might you might want to check out my my book I put out last March, which is Mark of the Witchworm, which you can, by the way, still buy on roughhousepublishing.com. Uh, exclusive mm. limited edition editions are still available on uh, roughhousepublishing.com. Oh, oh Yeah. Uh, and uh, I am 8-Bit Alchemy. Um, I do 8-Bit chiptune video game style music. I have presence on YouTube. I have presence on SoundCloud. And most recently, I, uh, I pioneered my Bandcamp page um, to officially uh, put all of my current music uh, for the, the fake fan game Mega Man Omega uh, that me and Parasite Steve have been fucking around with just as an art project for like a decade. A decade. Um, <laughs> and, and so I had started this whole thing back when I was in um, college and I started just messing around with making Nintendo music and I used the Mega Man Omega as just like an excuse for fucking around and uh, over time it just grew and grew and it became a thing where I'm like well you know we have X amount of bosses and X amount of characters and let's make 
like themes for all of them and let's just keep going it's just fun uh and so you know fucking finally uh i think a year or two ago um i was able to finally write like one of the final you know big important songs for it and i'm like look i can keep going and i can keep working on this thing forever but i don't want to um i want to finish it <laughs> yeah i want to finish it and i want to put <laughs> right. a name to it and i want to call it done and then i want to move on to other uh v- you know projects for music uh you know just pursuing other different you know avenues i still want to keep making chiptune music but i don't want to have to you know tie it to some Mega Man thing but Either way, I have a Bandcamp page now. It is 8bitalchemy.bandcamp.com. There are no hyphens. There's no capitalization. There's nothing weird. 8 is a number. It's the digit, 8. 8bitalchemy.bandcamp.com. You can check out my Mega Man Omega album there. Uh, All 21 glorious songs, uh, some of which are really short. Uh, and then uh, if you if you're so inclined, you can support me. You can uh, you can buy the album digitally or you can just listen to it on the page if you just want an easy place to hear everything. Um, so that is is what I'm currently doing. I am also working on uh, a new album that I am going to be slowly pecking away at over the course of this year and next year, I'm sure. Um, it is an album idea that I've had for a super fucking long time. Uh, it's called Trials and Transmutations, and I will be shooting for doing six original songs and six covers uh, in various different video game styles and uh, just seeing what happens, just having fun with it. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Great, keep great it. title. Great. Title. Thank you. Uh, yes. Yeah. So keep it keep it locked on the Bandcamp page. Uh, throw me a follow. Uh, that would be super cool because that way, at least when I update things, people would get notified. Even if you don't care about buying the music, even if you don't even like the music, just, you know, sh- throw me a follow. It would be awesome uh, and help me grow my presence semi uh, officially on the Internet. And yeah, you know, let's make dreams happen. So uh, that's what's going on. That's what we got. Uh, we can wrap things up. So yep. thank you. If you all haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope that you enjoyed this week and this season's intro, this journey over all the treacherous waters of the things that made growing up awesome. If you like what you heard, please hit the subscribe button, like us on Facebook, Twitter, like us on your podcast app, do whatever you got to do. Make it so that the, the numbers go up, make the numbers go up, whatever platform, give us pluses. Uh <laughs> We are part of the Art Podcast Network, and we are a part of the Darkening Podcast Network as well. Um, we have episodes that are... Are we airing stuff on Hellfire Radio? My God, I don't even... Is that yes. still happening? Yes. Wow. That's that's a cool fucking thing that I forgot about. So we have um, you know episodes that can be heard on Hellfire Radio, um, and we also have a ton of other shows that we share lovely networks with, like Geek Life HQ, The Wicked Horror Show, Throwdown Thursday, That Strange Show. We got The Scream Sisters, Mostly Ghostly, Amalga Files, Then Is Nigh. There's a CSI Vegas Files podcast. There's so much shit to listen to. Oh my god! But most importantly, make sure you listen to us first which you already have because you've made it to the end of our episode so now i give you the permission to listen to these other shows uh, <laughs> oh thank you you're welcome finally uh, episode was over three hours oh my god uh and then for more information uh, uh, or to subscribe to any of these great shows or ourselves please visit the dorkening.com 
and be sure to check out the killer sponsors of Silk City Hot Sauce and Deadly Grounds Coffee, Coffee to Die For. I have been your host, 8 Alchemy, and we will catch you next time. Thank you.